Talk Live. It's your show. You can bring up what you want if you dial in toll-free at 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. Again, that number, 1-800-259-9231. As always, stuff to talk about with you tonight, but your calls are the most important factor to the program, if you make them so. That part is up to you. Uh, let's start things out, Mark, with whatever it is you've got tonight, because I've been having some computer problems. Well, so nobody wants ahead. to hear your problems, man. Um, a subject is uh, a man arrested and locked up for five hours after taking the photo of a police van ignore, ignoring a no-entry sign. This is uh, this is from uh, England, so the, the story, you know, it has some of that funny. They, they talk a little funny. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> When Andrew Carter saw a police van ignore no entry signs, uh, I guess one way. So the van ignored the no entry sign. The pol- yeah, <laughs> the police van ignored it, right? Right, okay. I thought maybe he had to ignore a no entry sign in order to go photograph the police van, but it's the van that just, they broke the law, basically. Right, well, it wasn't the van. It was the driver. Good point. Okay. Yes. The driver um, who poli- presumably was a police officer. Yes. Right. Um, to reverse up a one-way street to reach a chip shop. So this guy is kind of like a British Jimmy Justice, I, I except guess. about the video. It's just I, I still think he photos, was just right? moved at the time. He was, um, as opposed to Jimmy Justice, who looks for the opportunity, right? Right. Jimmy Justice is a YouTube personality. He's worth going and searching for, and he finds just example after example of the police in New York City breaking their own laws and has a video camera with him, what seems like at all times, and catches, uh, catches him in the act. It's good yep. stuff. Well, uh, Andrew uh, was understandably moved to protest to the driver, particularly as he lives on the road and always goes out of his way to obey the signs. So they put up, you know, the the law puts up these signs and then ignores them. Mm -hmm. But his complaint to go to, by the way, not to, uh, you know, there wasn't a building on fire. There wasn't, you know, somebody being robbed. It was a chip shop. Hmm. When Mr. Carter took a, let's see, he brought his complaint, uh, brought a volley of abuse from PC. I'm not sure what that means. Um, it's Aquil Farouk. And when uh, Mr. Carter took his pic, took a picture of the van and then tried to photograph the officer, PC Farouk rushed out of the shop and knocked his camera to the ground. Mr. Carter was then arrested and bundled into the van over claims he had assaulted the officer with his camera. Wow. Resisted arrest and was drunk and disorderly. <laughs> he was held in police on uh, a police. How do you cell. assault someone with your camera? Uh, you hit them with it. Okay. Well, I'm I'm going to hit you with this camera. I guess is how you assault them with it. Gotcha. <laughs> he was held in a police cell for five hours b- uh, before being released on bail at midnight. Mr. Carter, 44, lodged a complaint <laughs> and has since received a personal apology from PC Farouk and uh, Rob Beckley, deputy chief constable. police commander. I'm guessing. Police constable? Police, Police constable. commander? Yeah, constable probably. Okay. Chief constable of Avon and Somerset Constablery. The force yesterday refused to comment on the case, except as to say that disciplinary process was resolved to Mr. Carter's satisfaction. Um, it's understood no further action was taken against PC Farouk, who, as a member of the Black Police Association's Avon and Somerset branch, according to a report from the Bristol Equalities Network uh, you said no action was taken against Baruch well no, no additional it was it was saw, it was uh, it was handled to the satisfaction of Mr. Carter I see. and he got a uh, he, he got a personal apology from well this is all PC I mean Baruch. it could have been worse I guess then, it, huh? it really could have but it just kind of goes to show that if um, if the police the police everywhere do the same things yeah um, they you know they're, they're, that is what they want their their power goes to their head yeah and it's just it's just the nature of things. I mean, if you had the ability to eh, screw that sign, I'm going right. to go get some 
potato chips. Or, it's nice. Uh, that, actually, they get their French fries or whatever. It's, it's nice that something happened to the uh, the victim in this case. In many cases, it doesn't. In oh. many cases, they don't even get an apology. But that still doesn't. Uh, you know, th- was restitution paid? I missed that. No, there, no nothing okay. like, nothing then, like then that. Then it still doesn't make that. Nothing was made good here. It's just that they just apologized or whatever, right? So well, it's just the it, it's just sort of the understanding that when you deal with bureaucrats, they are wasting your time every right. single time. Right. You will lose something if it's just your time. Then that's about as good as it gets. And it, you could lose your freedom. You could lose money in any who knows how. How much of an amount whenever you contact with bureaucrats but as this story points out the important point is this guy had something he was doing with his day and because he got arrested all of his plans were ruined and the department doesn't have any sort of responsibility to compensate anyone for ruined plans or someone's ruined day so i think that even though it, 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 it came out reasonably well but i think that on it, the scale of how things could yeah, come out i think yes. that what it shows is that uh, when you give people power they're going to abuse it that's just the way it is i'm not saying that the people that join police departments are bad people mm-hmm. i'm saying they're people that's all and in in this case, he you know it, it came out reasonably well for right. the victim, but in a lot of cases it doesn't. And when uh, when you have this sort of uh, jingoist uh, love for the the police and military as we seem to have in the United States, I don't I, I don't know what it's like over in Great just Britain. blind worship. It, it it seems to be. Yeah. And when you have that kind of you know just thoughtless worship of the uh, uh, of the authorities, then you're going to have even more problems because you can't question what the, what it is that they do. If by authorities you mean men with guns. Well, <laughs> if it quacks like a duck. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I mean, that's, that, that's the reason I decided to bring it up. I thought, you know, it's kind of Good interesting what it's, what's going on over uh, in England. And it's not the first person that's been harassed or arrested by the police over taking photographs. And it certainly won't be the last as the police state continues to be on the rise here. We'll take your calls about what you want. Let's talk to Lucas in Pennsylvania. You are on Free Talk Live. Hello, Lucas. Hey, guys. Uh, there was a guy on Friday who was talking about uh, how jobs would affect, uh, how jobs would be affected by uh, overpopulation of the Earth. And uh, I would just like to bring up uh, occupation that most anybody can do, and you would probably get more work as the population increased. Okay. Uh, to put it in the words of the fictional character who basically gave me the idea, as long as there's two people in the world, someone's going to want someone dead. So are you suggesting Hitman, or what do you mean? What are you getting at? Uh, that's actually it, completely. I don't, I, I I don't just really don't understand, understand what you're getting I mean, at. You're, you're solving the world's population problems with uh, uh, arm no, killers? No, it's an occupation. You're suggesting... What are you suggesting? Because I'm lost. I'm sorry. Yeah, Maybe yeah help me out. We're, we're feeling a little obtuse tonight. <laughs> it's a joke. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I guess I just don't have a good sense of humor, so my apologies. There you go. Lucas, now, anything else on your mind tonight? Uh, not much. I'm going to go play some Team Fortress. Okay, have fun. Thanks, 800-259-9231. What is Team Fortress? Uh, It's an online interactive game where you kill people. Okay. Yeah. So you can be a hitman without actually killing anybody, I guess. Yeah, those video games are ruining our children, you know. All right, 800-259-9231. Quick email from Parker. He says, on a recent show, you talked about how the word libertarian has shifted to mean something quite different from true libertarianism. I agree, and it's very frustrating seeing the likes of Bob Barr and Glenn Beck ignorantly throwing the label around. There are countless factors that led to this, many of which we really had no control over. But I wonder if one of them is the popularity of the world's smallest political quiz. 
many people were presented this quiz by programs like Operation Politically Homeless. We've talked about it several them. times on this program in the past. It's a it's a neat little ten question quiz that basically uh, will determine one's political beliefs in general. Very very general uh, kind of quiz because it's only ten questions. Obviously, if it were a hundred, it'd be more accurate. But he does. Uh, Parker here makes a pretty good point. He says, that, so he thinks people took the quiz and then decided to call themselves libertarians because that's what the quiz said they were. But that's as far as they went. What was intended to spread the message of freedom has actually diluted it. A friend of mine referred to himself as a libertarian when we met, says Parker, but it didn't take me long to discover we really had very little in common in that regard. Turns out he'd been shown the quiz years ago and adopted the label without ever looking into liberty or finding out what it really means. Which I think is the intention of the uh, the world's smallest political quiz. There's a, usually a URL on there, a w- website, and people are hopefully going to visit that to learn exactly what it is the the label means. But uh, he, what he's saying here is he's had personal experience where his friend has just just grabbed it as a label for himself. Well, I think uh, maybe maybe he's making a, a point that uh, is is worth making. I I don't know. Um, I can say that my wife has, uh, took the world's smallest political quiz before we met, mm-hmm. and uh, when she described herself to me, she described herself as a liberal. Um, and the evidence that I have, you know, just at, even at that time, is that she was in fact a libertarian. Now she had come out libertarian on the quiz, but she described herself as a liberal just because, yes. you know, she wasn't a conservative, I guess. So I'm not sure that it entirely does that. No, no, I think it does more. It probably does more good than bad, but it's kind of an interesting example of yeah. what happened in his real life. More on the way you can bring up whatever's on your mind if you dial in toll-free. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want if you dial in toll-free at 1-800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Features there are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that is freetalklive.com, and those features include archives. So if you've missed a moment of the show, just click and download right there from the front page of the website. In fact, the archives go back for an entire year for free. Now compare that to those other talk shows that want to charge you for access to their archives. Some of them, you don't even get anything anything for free. So enjoy it all free at freetalklive.com. And SACL CAI is responsible for bringing this show to you. They are a major sponsor, and they've... Yeah, blame them. Right. They have a full-orbed approach to account recovery. It's really three companies in one. They do collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged-off receivables. SACL knows the way they treat your customer reflects on you. Their staff is respectful. They record every call, and they have the best equipment money can buy. So your business is handled as efficiently as possible. See their banner right there at the top at freetalklive.com. That's SACL, C-A-I. It's SACL's fault. Uh, if it was, uh, I mean, they're the people that bring the show to you, so uh, if it wasn't for them, you'd just be a jerk. Now you're a jerk with a microphone. Uh, are you referring to the email that you got, uh, basically calling me an a-hole? <laughs> yeah, I love it. Do you want to go ahead and read that? I've not read this yet, so. Uh, it's uh, <laughs> it's thoroughly enjoyable for me. I've apparently uh, made somebody angry again. No, he's not He's not angry. He's uh, It's it's entitled uh, Constructive, Hopefully, in uh, parenthetical, uh, okay. Criticism. And it's from Brandon. Uh, even though this is more for Ian, I send it to both of you because uh, Mark seems to be a little more Johnny on the spot with his emails. and I, I, You get less. I That's get why. Fewer, fewer, yes. Um, let, first, let me start by saying your show has really opened my eyes in the ways of government. I agree with you guys 
on most, if not all, of your political views. I do not agree with some of your medical views or scientific views, but that's for another email. Well, thanks. <laughs> I liked your show so much I decided to amplify a while back. However, recently I've been reconsidering that move and possibly not Uh-oh. listening to the show anymore. Oh, darn. My main problem of uh, late is mostly with Ian, and I think this could uh, tie in with the problem with uh, KGEZ. I think that was the uh, station. Yes, it was. And the email that you read in the air about the politicos yesterday. There seemed to come. Um, this there's there seems to or come Monday actually from Ian a uh, pervasive arrogance, condensation, dismissiveness towards anyone who holds a different opinion than himself. Didn't we talk about this? I mean, was I not? accepting enough of the political action on Monday night's program. We spent the entire, almost the entire show, interrupted by phone calls about other things, but generally the, the overarching theme of Monday night's show was about the, you know, the, the different types of activism out there, and the emailer at that time was accusing me of being dismissive of the political activists, and just because I'm not interested in getting involved in political action myself doesn't mean I'm dismissing you. I've said so many times, and I don't know how many more times I'm going to have to say it for people to understand me, but I support whatever it is that you feel is best. If what you, I'm not going to necessarily support it with my money, but I support you doing what you think is right. And if what you think is best and most effective as far as your activism is concerned is to go and run for office or support someone who's running for office or give money to someone running for office or try to change the legislations or review the bills or whatever sort of politically based activism it is that turns you on, I fully support your ability to do that. And I've even touted the successes of those politicos here in New Hampshire that have had successes. So I just don't understand all this critique. Continue with the email. This really came through in the political uh, Politico discussion yesterday. You seem to dismiss out of hand what the Politicos are doing, and when you uh, try to give what you see um, as their opinion, you use a whiny, pitiful voice. The gentleman that was uh, the person that was emailing absolutely came across as a whiner to me. I'm so, not... what do you want me to just ignore that fact? That factor because they were complaining that the purpose of the email that we were reading on Monday night was to complain about people like me, so-called. Oh, it wasn't poisoning the well. It was so shoot. I don't have the email in front of me, but they were um, they were complaining because I was ruining the movement, basically. A blight. I was a blight on the uh, the libertarian <laughs> movement. Now I'm sorry. That's complaining and it's whining. And if it and if if it insults you that I take a mocking tone with somebody that's whining at me, then sorry. I guess, um, you know, what I, what I would like to see is that, uh, you know, for everyone to get along. The fact is... This, I get along with everybody. This, this is, is some anonymous... Not this guy, but the guy that emailed Monday night. Never had an email from him before that I can recall. I certainly don't know who he is. So he's just somebody that emailed with a critique and a complaint about the show. This guy's an amplifier, so he's actually contributing to the program. I'm aware of who this gentleman is. But in reality, in the real world, I get along fine with the minarchist types, with the politicos. Right, and I think that that's... Um, that, that I think... That there's mountains being made out of molehills in this particular area, and uh, you know, and, and, and all I, I guess uh, one needs to get out of it, and, and this is probably be the last email that I, I read on the subject. There, I do have one For more while, yeah. that sort of uh, backs you up. Um, also, you know, um, is that look, this isn't that big of a deal, no. and. You know, don't 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 get your 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 panties all in a bunch about it. I, I swear to God, up here in New Hampshire, where there actually are some liberty activists, unlike your community, wherever you are, um, yeah. 
they get along just fine. There may be some some spats here and there right. between individuals, but uh, the people that are doing things, there, there's always going to be people sitting on the sidelines that are giving their advice. Um, you know, they're either they're FSPers and and not, but the people that are doing stuff, they get along just fine. Well, when uh, Dennis from the New Hampshire Liberty Alliance called in, I believe it was Monday night to discuss this whole issue, he asked me if I would support Varen Swearingen, the former president of the Free State Project, if he ran for office. I said one. Qual- I asked one qualifying question: Will Varen sign the small government pledge? You know, verifying that he is uh, serious about only voting for smaller government. And obviously, Varen wasn't on the phone to answer that question, but. I said that if he would, then I would support his campaign. So that's I think even it's a me foregone saying, conclusion in Varen's case. <laughs> no, so that's even me admitting that I would still be willing to help with what I considered and you know something worthwhile helping with in the world of politics. Well, so the the, the um, but the email I don't call Varen a whiner or Dennis a whiner. They're very very politically active. It was just that one emailer. The emailer is uh, you know outlining your pervasive arrogance, con- condensation, and dismissiveness. Condensation. I think you mean. Con- Condescension? Condescension, excuse me. Okay. Well, you know, if, if, you, if you're getting things wet, you should stop, too. Um, I'm not trying to say that your views are right or wrong, but the way that you go about presenting the other side and the way you argue against it comes across not as much as an argument, but as a lecture to a small child. I've received, I've recently stopped listening to several podcasts halfway through because I got tired of listening to your pretentious mannerisms, even though mm. I agreed with you. It makes for very hard listening when you simply belittle other, uh, the other person's point of view and toe the line of ad hom attacks. Ad hominem. Towing uh, the line of an ad hom attack. I, I don't know. I don't even know what that means. Um, it, apparently, you're making ad hominem attacks, and it doesn't seem to me that you do too much of that, but no. I guess but, making but the whiny voices um, uh, is, but I don't know that... Right. Well, when, it, when it's something that you have a personal attachment to, I mean, if it, if it was me making fun of a caller that he thought should have been made fun of, or if he thought it was something that was funny because he didn't have a personal tie to whatever the issue was, so whenever you're joking about something, somebody gets hurt, right? That's right. the whole idea behind a joke. Not yep. that I'm a comedian or anything like like that, but I right. try to have a little bit of fun, and I try to just the other thing that, add voices occasionally. The, the to other the show. thing that uh, one needs to um, understand is the that the <laughs> the good radio talk show hosts. People get hurt. Yeah. They do. I mean, when you look at uh, Rush Limbaugh, he has those parody uh, videos or the parody, right. parody songs, and you know they're always making fun of somebody. The Breck girl, uh, you know, talking about John Edwards and um, I don't know, even Jesse see where Jackson I made, and all that stuff. I mean, I didn't make fun of those political people. I just picked on that one emailer because he was attacking me. <laughs> so more on the way. It's Free Talk Live. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free, but if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up what you want via the toll-free number at 1-800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. If you're thinking about starting a small business, here's a word to the wise. Incorporate at LegalZoom.com. Incorporation can help protect you against frivolous lawsuits that could wipe you out. LegalZoom.com is both fast and easy. They do all sorts of legal documents, patents, wills, trademarks. Use code FTL to save $10 off your order. That's FTL. LegalZoom.com. I've done it. It is fast and easy. All right. So, oh, by the way, the auction is still going on over at auction.freetalklive.com. You can win the third banner on our website for an entire month to promote virtually anything. 
So go to auction.freetalklive.com and place your bid. So we continue this email here critiquing me. Again, apparently I've upset yet another one of the political activists of the world. And uh, I, no, in this he case, said that no, no, okay. Well, in this he case, he agrees with you. He just thinks you're a jerk. Well, in this case, it's somebody <laughs> who actually contributes money to the show through the AMP program, and so obviously it would be uh, disappointing to to lose him not only as a listener but certainly as uh, as a contributor to the program. However, I I can't say that um, I've been in any way mean to the political activists that call this show. Uh, some people will call with some sort of uh, outlandish idea about you know as we gave the example of on Monday night bringing the the two part together for forming a third party coalition party or something like that somebody wanted and, to march on washington at one point and you know yeah show them and i'm going to tell you what i think of those ideas and i'm going to tell it to you straight and if i have a little bit of fun doing it well and you don't like it well all i can do is apologize for you not liking it i'm not going to apologize for how i am uh, interpreting things on the radio i don't um crap on all political activity out there as i've said so many times if it works for you you should do it, and I encourage that. So saying that I'm not interested is not sh- – you should not be taken personally. I've gone through the political thing. I've done that, been there, and determined that for the most part it's useless. But that's just my thoughts, and yeah. you can think differently. You know, I have uh, – you know, I myself would consider myself more politically active than, than you. You review bills for the New Hampshire Liberty Alliance, for instance. And, uh, you know, I think that I think that they both of these uh, – these, these, Types of uh, activism need to work together, not work together. um, They will work together. People will do what they do, and Mm -hmm. it will work towards freedom here. Um, You know, we we believe there's no orchestration necessary. I see the I see evidence um, that uh, New Hampshire is going to become more free over time, whereas my evidence uh, it seems to me the evidence uh, is that the rest of the states will become less. I think it's what that will result in. I don't know. Yeah, I think it's easy for somebody in his position to uh, to reject everything that I say that's positive and only focus on the things that I've said that are negative, which I don't think I've been that negative towards it. But if that's what he's uh, interpreting, then that's his interpretation. So why do you think it's easy for for him? It's just easier to pick out things that are offensive to you. That's all. As far as if you listen to a bunch of this show, the the part of the show that offends you, the part of the show that you know gets you burning or whatever, is going to be the one that you remember. It's going to be the one that's most um, notable to you, and, and, and it's going to be the one you write an email to about. To some extent, it's it's uh, the nature of successful uh, talk shows is, uh, you know, and, and not all of them, but uh, the nature of successful talk shows is a bit of uh, contention, you know, a, a host that's passionate yeah. and uh, opinionated. I don't but expect all are, my listeners to agree with me. Those are be crazy if they did. Those are good adjectives when describing a talk show host. Now, yeah. I mean, there's certainly jerks out there, and we are not uh, the, the the you know the the pinnacle of jerkdom on the uh, talk radio dial. No, certainly not. So anyway, let's continue with the email. Simply dismissing the politicos as uh, doomed to failure and taking the position that your path is the only effective path strikes me as plain. That's not my position. So he hasn't been listening too carefully. My position is that my path is, in my opinion, the most effective path, but not necessarily the only one. As I've said over and over, and this will be the last time we talk about this for a while because we've done it two days this week. But as I've said. I think that the political people here in New Hampshire have had some success. I've acknowledged that success, and I encourage them to continue at it if they think they can be more successful. And it looks like they may be. We'll see what happens here uh, this 2008. And I I think I've even said on the air before, if it all of a sudden turns out that the political people start having some tremendous success, you're going to hear me shouting that from the rooftops. Yeah, both that would make all of us very very happy. Right, whatever it takes, man. 
Just don't expect me to get excited about a bunch of people going to Minneapolis to sit around in a convention center and listen to some politicians speak, even if one of them's Ron Paul. I mean, that seems to be like, oh, okay, here, come do all this stuff with the, you know, the political people. Sorry, I'd rather stay home with yeah. my girlfriend. As, as far as the, uh, uh, you know, the, the Ron Paul's uh, rally for the revolution yeah. or um, whatever's going on, you know, it sounds it's like a pep a, rally. It sounds like fun and everything. That's, uh, but what are they going to do there? What are they going to unveil there that they couldn't just send out an email? You know, for? after this, I'll email. I'll uh, I'll share something from the people that w- from the good folks over at We the People that I think is going to be very effective. Uh, politicals. I mean, I don't even know if it's political, but it's got an element of politics to it, and I think it'll be more effective than anything that happens at the rally for the republic. I'll I think share they're that gr- great, great stuff. And yeah. as far as I, you know, I mean. I I personally am not for this whole rally for the revolution thing. I I don't I don't see it going anywhere. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. I just don't see it going anywhere. Yeah, but and I'm open to be proven wrong, which is what I've said about the political system. Right. I can't, I, if I thought it was the right thing to do, I'd be doing it. Do you understand? Yeah, I don't. That's you. You can tell what I think is the right and the wrong thing to do for liberty because the right things I'm doing and the wrong things I'm not. It's simple. Um, so, you know, maybe I'm, I've got, I'm, I've been wrong plenty of my life and I intend to be wrong more in the future. Don't worry. Mm-hmm. Let me explain my view of the uh, political versus the market. Email. Yes. Back to the email. Let me explain my uh, view of the political versus market based argument. I think a good analogy would be to say that the political approach is like the main rotor on a helicopter and the market based activism is like the tail rotor. Without the tail rotor. I can rotor, see how he would see it that way if he's coming from a political perspective. Maybe. Um, the tail rotor of uh, the helicopter would spin in circles and go nowhere. Without individuals like yourself to back up the politicos, there would be no reason for the politicians to listen to the politicos. Without the main rotor to the helicopter, um, the helicopter will fall out of the sky and crash. Actually, never get off the ground. Without the politicos trying to uh, affect change in the government, I don't see market-based activism achieving its goals without either a supermajority or violence. And I think that that's really – I believe that to be true. I believe that without uh, you know, p- p- people in the political realm – Cementing in law what it is that uh, you guys and I can the, see how you market under- based uh, yeah I could see how you and Br- it was Brandon right that wrote this that's correct I can see how you and Brandon would feel that way as sort of people that are interested in the system and believe it to be very important and and I think that certainly violence is a possibility I don't uh, like the idea and I want to do everything possible to avoid it. But I think that there's uh, there's some un- uh, uncharted waters here that we're trading oh, yeah. into. Oh, yeah. I'll give you that. And I, I can't go out – I'm not going to go out on the limb and say that politics is necessary for any of this. In fact, from the evidence that I've seen, from the activism that has occurred so far, I think that there's a, a certain tipping point, And I don't know where it is, but I think it's sooner rather than uh, farther away – or closer, rather – and I think there's this tipping point where if we had enough people, and I don't think it has to be a, a majority or even a supermajority, if we had enough people to non-cooperate with the system, the system itself would not be able to handle it. And they would have to do something differently. They would have to either ignore us and let us live free or round us all up and put us in detention camps. I mean, I think it could only really be one or the other, and there's a certain point at which it'll get there. The question is, where is that point? And I think we're going to find out where it is, regardless of what the political activists do. Now, if the political activists, while the non-cooperatives are, while the non-cooperatives are busy doing their non-cooperation and living free, if the political activists manage to roll back layers of government, more power to them. I just don't think it's going to be uh, a requirement to achieve liberty in our lifetime. And that's our fundamental disagreement. Well, I... 
And I notice I, I understand have the made... fundamental disagreement. I don't think you've thought. I, I don't think you're looking at a realistic view of yeah. what the world could be is going to be like. And you know, if we do have some success, I just don't see the whole system crashing down. Nor do I see the system uh, based on uh, you know some people driving without driver's licenses or not paying their taxes or whatever. Mm-hmm. I see. And, and even if the system decides to ignore you for a little while. It doesn't mean they're going to ignore you forever. And yeah. the, the the evidence I've seen is that... So the, you think they're going to round people up, put them in det- uh, detention camps? I don't think that they... Um, that the, There's only two choices. I don't think that the uh, agorist, uh, market-based uh, activism type people have the guts to to stand up and do it. I'm sorry. You don't think the people that are non-cooperating, non-cooperating have the guts to non-cooperate? Right. I mean, well, how do you how do you explain Lauren Canario, Russell Canning, and Russell the Canning other took that, a, took a plea for um, you know, Mark. As I said, we're in uncharted territory. Right. This is the very beginning of all this. We don't know where this is all going to go, but I know where it can end, and I know where I want it to end. I want it to end in peace and liberty for everybody that wants it. More coming up, and as you note, I have not called this gentleman a whiner. He's making reasonable statements about his viewpoint. More coming up. This is Free Talk Live. You can call in about what you want if you dial in on the toll-free number sponsored by SACL CAI, 1-800-259-9231. That's 800-259-9231. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy all those. And if you like the show and want to help support Free Talk Live, we need your vote. Mark, you tell me. Uh, you told me right before the show we were only one vote in the lead, which means that our plea, our impassioned plea for votes from last night... Didn't do very much because apparently the second place show has been catching up all night long or all day long, and we still need you. If you've yet to vote in this month of August, we are no longer in the lead. Uh oh. Go to vote.freetalklive.com. Makes a big difference for us. That again is vote.freetalklive.com. As we continue here to finish up this email and uh, get right into your phone calls, the email is continuing to, uh, t- to rake me over the coals. The political activists are very upset. That uh, I would be uh, critical of the things they are trying to do for liberty. And it's not that I think that they are doing bad things. It's just that I think that it's not as effective as it could be. But then again, it's their thing and it's what they want to do. And I fully support their ability to do what they think is right for liberty. I spent years in the political system and then decided that it wasn't right for me. And I've moved on. And as I've said before, I'll stand over here on the uh, the apolitical, market-based activist, non-cooperative side with open arms waiting for anybody else to follow. The, the, the president, I think, or the vice president of the Libertarian Party of New Hampshire has recently given up on politics. And she's come on over to the non-cooperative side. So, well, and, and I agree that people should do what they want to do. I just think yeah. that there's uh, there's room for both of them, and both of them are necessary. I never said there wasn't room, but I don't agree that, it, that politics is necessary. Yeah, I just, I just don't want to disagree with me I on don't that, see that's the, fine. the uh, government people packing up and saying, oh, I guess there, there's not enough people that want us around anymore, so we'll just take our ball and go home. I don't care if they... I don't care if they don't go home i just want them to leave me alone go ahead with the email okay um unless you uh, get large numbers of people to engage in massive acts of civil disobedience and i don't mean driving without a license you will have to uh, resort to violence or you will simply be ignored forever i'll take the latter i'll take option two ignore me that's fine because i don't I can think you'll get free. it i don't think you'll get it they ignored us when we gambled in public this year yeah, I, I'm, not saying, standing right there. I'm not saying that they won't ignore you. They'll they'll ignore you till the time is right for them. And they won't round you That's up in fine. mass, as you say. They'll pick you off one at a time. Whatever, man. 
And the fact Let's is, find out. If for for uh, somebody who's in the uh, predictions the are a dime a dozen um, for the activist arena, uh, you know, the, I think that it, it, and and that's what I'm I'm saying. Just activism by itself. That's all I'm saying. Just market-based activism. You know, Mark, Hold on, wait. Just the activists by themselves have to be full of resolve, and the evidence, you know, there's. It, it's just not going to. We've got a handful of activists that are willing to take these steps at yep. this point, Mark. So we certainly need more uh, more people doing these things. I think those people are on the way here. We can't expect them to all show up next week. Everybody's got their own timetable for what's right, and then when they get settled, they have a certain timetable at which they are willing to step outside of their comfort zones. We're all sort of taking steps, baby steps, outside of our comfort zones. That's why I started by dealing with a parking ticket. You know, I didn't start with a big issue right off the bat. We all have to learn exactly how things are going to work. And, you know, just because you engage in political activism doesn't protect you from the people calling themselves the state. I mean, if you piss somebody off in the political realm, they'll send their code enforcers after you. And they'll make up all kinds of violations they mm-hmm. can come after you for. So don't think that you're safe just because you're engaging in politics. Anyway, go ahead with the, uh, the email. Yeah, I, I'm not saying that you're safe. Um, would you need some, you would need something akin to either a Gandhi-like figure or a massive movement similar to his march on the sea to harvest salt? And even there, there were still acts of violence. I, also I think s- we expect violence. People who non-cooperate expect the system to show itself for the violent entity. I, I, I that don't it know is. enough about the march on the uh, sea for salt, but perhaps there was violence um, on. I think he's alluding to violence on the Gandhi side. I also see oh, your no. Gandhi did not support violence. He did, he didn't support it, but that you know there there was a ma- he, a massive amount of people, and I'll bet you violence broke out is what he's suggesting. I don't know. I also see your unwillingness to vote as foolish. And he didn't not, say that. No, no, he did, you didn't listening. say that. That you just didn't say that. I don't mean voting to he's increase the harm. He's just getting so government. upset that he's not really hearing what what it is I'm saying. I don't mean the voting um, to increase the harm government does. I mean voting to prevent government from doing anyone harm. If there's a bill that would increase the size of government or raise taxes or something like that, not voting against it would seem counter to your goals. You have given examples on the show that simply um, not voting doesn't make the government go away. Simply not voting because you don't want to engage in their system strikes me as similar to putting your fingers in your ears and going, la, 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 really loud so you don't have I've to hear I've never taken someone. any of those positions. Nope, you haven't. I'm not saying uh, go and get really involved in politics, but at least try to protect yourself. What you've said is, uh, you know, there's My just, bar has raised. Right. Uh, you, you, I will you, only you're not going to vote for, for people that essentially, um, you know, you, you, don't, you find reprehensible or evil. If there's a clear initiative that will result in uh, less violence being enacted on people, I will vote for that. And if there's a clear candidate that actually is serious about smaller government, like someone si- signing the small government pledge, I'll vote for that person. So I don't know what he's talking about. To sum up, I think that, Ian, if you, um, if you can sound a little or a lot less arrogant and dismissive, it would go a long way. And I think that this, you know, that's, that's always good for everyone, right? And, and, but, you know, at the same time, don't take it too hard, people. It's a talk it's a radio talk show. show. <laughs> you if you got to go, you got to go, you know? I, I deal with a few things. I, I disagree with you and Mark. Um, I'd love to send you some links about vaccines that might clear some things up <laughs> if you uh, want them. Let me know. But the uh, constant holier-than-thou attitude gets very old. I don't like to end my emails on a threat, but I have been seriously considering stopping amplifying and not listening anymore. The show yep. just 
isn't enjoyable hey, to me Hey, nothing anymore. lasts forever, Brandon. I mean, I appreciate uh, that you've listened, and the first sentence or the second sentence of his show or of his email says, let me start by saying your show has really opened my eyes to the ways of government. You know, if that's all we can do for you and you just can't tolerate us anymore, then we've done, you know, something pretty good, I think, for your life yeah. and uh, wish and, you the best. And some people are going to listen to the show at just every episode for years and years, and that's going to be okay, and some people are going to come and go, and they're going to have heard the message of Liberty Pounded, and then they're going to come back, and then they're going to go, and, and that's, that's the nature of the way uh, talk shows work. And, you know, thank you for amplifying. We'll still be here spreading the message of liberty even when you're not listening. Right, because I put my own money towards we'll it. If I don't be, have ant money coming in, I we'll put all my money in. We'll still be an unswerving stand for liberty in this yeah. country even when you're not listening. I promise you that. Yep. You can count on me for that, Brandon. There you go. Good so, stuff. Yep. Cool. I hope he sticks around. I, I really do, because I don't feel as though I'm in any way being arrogant towards the political people. I think that there's this – and he doesn't have it like the first emailer did, like this, this sort of indignance that, well, you're not, in, you're not endorsing my belief system. Well, we agree on so much, as he says in his email. We agree on a lot of things, but you don't endorse what it is that I'm doing, and so that hurts. It hurts me, and I can, and I can understand – and I can empathize with where he is coming from, because if I were in his position, I might, uh, you know, and I, as I was a few years ago, I might feel the same way. So totally understood. And thanks for your thoughts, Brandon. Let's go to Nick in Illinois on the amplifier line. And, and Nick is actually the gentleman that wrote the email you had referenced, Mark, of having that is sort of in the opposite uh, position of, of Brandon or as I understood it. I haven't actually read it yet. So, Nick, your thoughts tonight. Oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, man. There, there are... Uh... A lot of okay. I'm I'm a strategic management student. Um, currently in college, I'm going to be getting my MBA in strategic in strategic management. My life is kind of centered around strategic theory. There are so many mistakes in in all of these emails, and then in some of Mark's comments. For but wait, Mark, before you go um, over the mistakes, and we're going to hold you through to hour number two here because there's certainly no not enough time in two minutes. But yeah. do, you, do you feel as though I mean you've listened to the conversations from your perspective? Have I been arrogant towards the political uh, activists? No, no, no. In fact, I would like you to be a lot more biting. I, I think <laughs> I think Ian just sounds arrogant. I would arrogant. like you to be a lot more venomous. So I. I, if I if I were there, I I think that I I wouldn't be able to contain myself. I would I would bite and I would not let go. Hmm. I, I, I mean, See, just, how do you make just, all these people happy? You can't. You can't. You simply cannot. Yeah, well, obviously you can't. And, I mean, I think it's it, it's better for everybody that you're not as venomous as I would be because I would probably turn people away. Um, but if it were – if it were if everybody was like me, oh, man, I, I would like you to just tear them, tear them to shreds. But, all right. So that all, in that, all that in mind, uh, go ahead with your thoughts. Okay. First, Mark, you said that um, a supermajority is needed to – Make uh, agorism, market activism work. Isn't isn't that what's needed for democracy, voting, political activism to work? I, <laughs> I think that no, it's I mean, not. I just thought that it's was not kind of funny. I did laugh out loud. It is when not. You said that. It, it, no, Nick, it is not. Um, because it isn't. No, it isn't. Because a getting, majority isn't needed for democracy. Listen to me. Okay. okay. <laughs> what I'm trying to tell you is getting someone off their duff to go vote for their favorite happy face on in the, the first Tuesday in November is not the same as getting people out into the streets in order to do some kind of big piece of activism. You're simply not going to be able to coordinate those people in the same way that you can as far as voting. It's that's a hell of a lot easier. That's Nobody's right. That's right. Because you don't need a majority 
to do that. And you, you don't need, need to coordinate anybody. The political I, I, system, but you don't need to do it with market activism. Look, I'm not saying market market activism doesn't work. I'm not saying market activism doesn't work. He's not saying you're simply saying that saying that um, it's not going to work by itself. The government isn't going to come there, crumbling, crumbling down. They're not going to pack up their bags and leave because you guys had a protest. First of all, nobody needs to organize anything when it comes to market-based activism, so we don't need to organize some big protest. That's not Crap. what any of us are trying to do. Bull. More on the way. This is Free Talk Live. Hour 2 coming up. You ever have one of those days where everything goes right? First, I get the best parking space at work. Tonight, I have a date with a very lovely Rachel. And today, I gave a killer presentation in Sydney. Finalized the contract in London and demoed our new product in Boston. Online from my desk with WebEx. WebEx lets me take meetings and give presentations from my desk. I just talk to clients on the phone and they watch what's happening on my desktop from their desktop. So I can travel the world and still be here for my date tonight with Rachel. Travel less, meet online. Go to WebEx.com and try WebEx free. Just click the radio graphic and enter promo code 600 to get a free trial and a free webcam, too. Remember that code 600 to qualify for the free webcam. WebEx, now part of Cisco and used by more than 5.5 million people every month. Give it a try, free. Go to WebEx.com and enter the promo code 600. W-E-B-E-X.com. Free webcams available while supplies last. Terms and restrictions apply. See website for details. Free Talk Live. We are launching an hour number two of the program. You can bring up what's on your mind if you dial in toll-free at 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line for you, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark. Again, 800-259-9231. The argument from Monday night has resurfaced uh, via the email box. We talked about it, as you know, Monday extensively, but apparently I wasn't clear enough with my message that if you are engaging in politics, I think that that's, if that's what you feel is right for you, that's what you should do. If you feel like it's effective and that you feel like you're getting somewhere with it, great, fantastic. I felt like I was spinning my wheels and wasting my time and money. And I'm not really interested in getting any more involved in politics than I currently am, which is virtually nothing. But I am still willing to help a candidate that is willing to sign the small government pledge at centerforsmallgovernment.com. And I am still willing to help with efforts that I think are really, really fantastic and, and excite me. So it's not like I'm completely out, but I'm like 99% out. But apparently the fact that I don't endorse all things political has really riled a few feathers amongst those who are political. And, and I don't understand why they need my, you know, my blessing. And I know that's not explicitly what they're asking for, but the guy that emailed Monday night was very, very upset. He was calling me. He was suggesting that non-cooperative market-based activists like myself are a blight on the pro-liberty movement. And so while that's not necessarily asking for me to convert back to politics and endorse what it is that he found you know, useful and effective, it is at the same time saying, I wish you weren't around me and I wish you weren't here. So either change or you know, change. <laughs> that seems, that's the message I've gotten. And uh, it hasn't been persuasive, uh, one iota. Let's go, though, and hear some from the other side, because while the political people might want one thing, the people that are uh, more market-based or non-cooperative, the Nick, who's on the line in Illinois, says, I'm not um, vitriolic enough towards the po- uh, political people, and I don't think that'll help anything, but that's what you have to say. So, Nick, you're back on the air. Well, yeah, I, I don't think that you should be. I mean, if more people were like me, then I would like that because my opinion – if people are mad about you, 
they will their heads will spin with me because I, I am a uh, conditioned agorist. I I when when I hear all of this stuff about um just the reformist message, what I can think about is man, these people really don't have any faith in markets. Because what agorism is, what market activism is, is using markets. What reformism is, is utilizing bureaucracy. You see, a lot of these people, they, they put markets on a pedestal, and they say that it's this great thing that we should all work towards. Yeah. But then when it comes to their own lives, they can't put consistency to their actions. Their message isn't consistent with their actions. They revert right back to the bureaucrats. Well, it's they like the frustration that Dennis... Square Nick, peg through a round hole. It was epitomized by the frustration that Dennis was telling us about on Monday night. Dennis from the New, New Hampshire Liberty Alliance, where he's looking at these political candidates here in New Hampshire, at who he might want to vote for, and he sees one guy, this Grant Bossy character, who's talking a good game about the free marketplace, and then in the next breath, when uh, Dennis asks him about, you know, what he, what he would do to, uh, you know, marijuana want a smoker the guy wants to put him in a jail cell so there's a big disconnect there well what i want to know is what do these people expect this is this is what they're trying to do top down planning that's what their message is what do they expect for one day ronnie paul jr to get up to in some big press conference and tap the mic and say um there is no more government everyone go home is that what they really expect is that how they expect liberty is going to come no liberty comes from the ground up. It doesn't come with political campaigns, and that's essentially what I think they're trying to do. Let me read you a uh, quote from Valterine Duclair, uh, and I think that it's, a, it's an excellent quote. This is, uh, it epitomizes the direct action uh, opinions, the agorist message. Uh, okay. It's from her work, Direct Action, which you can find on Molinari Institute. Um, and this is her speaking. Well, I have already stated that some good is occasionally accomplished by political action, not necessarily working-class party action either. But I am abundantly convinced that the occasional good accomplished is more than counterbalanced by the evil. Just as I am convinced that though there are occasional evils resulting through direct action, they are more than counterbalanced by the good. But the evil of pinning faith to political action is far greater than any such minor results. The main evil is that it destroys initiative, quenches the individual's rebellious spirit, teaches people to rely on someone else to do for them what they should do for themselves, finally renders organic the anomalous idea that by massing soupiness together until a majority is acquired, then through the peculiar magic of that majority, this soupiness is to be transformed. I'm sorry, Nick, you're mispronouncing supineness, supine to lay on one's back, essentially to, um, to lay down. Sorry, it's, you just got it wrong. That's, that's okay. Hey. Uh, that is, people who have lost the habit of striking for themselves as individuals who have submitted to every injustice while waiting for the majority to grow are going to become metamorphosized into human high explosives by a mere process of packing. I have to say that this uh, is essentially what I think they, uh, the reformists are doing this is what they i this is the message the i got yesterday nick from when i was talking on nick, one day they decide to try and get the uh hardest achievement which is liberty by sacrificing the least amount which is voting political action they think that they're all nice and snug in their little glass houses by just voting for someone they think that they are by obeying the laws they can uh somehow go under the radar of the government but they can't 
Well, this is what I said to Mark a moment ago. You don't affect change by simply going every two years and pulling a ballot. Right. You don't do that. I, I agree with that. Get your hands dirty, and that's what Agris. And that ties and right into what I was saying, Nick, Mark about has, um, suggested, which is compatibilism. Wow. I think that can't is hear you. I guess just not. as foolish. Nick, can you hear me? When you have a nail that needs <laughs> no. pounding. <laughs> Clearly can. Do you can. use a shovel, a hammer, or a shovel and a hammer? I hope you're going to use a hammer because that shovel is only going to dig it out. Nick? I don't see any possible way that they can be <laughs> reconciled and have um, shovels and hammers. Uh, an effective, the same effectiveness that they would have by concentrating all the resources into the one right tool. Nick, this is uh, the, That's this is what I'm talking about. Can you can you hear me, Nick? I, I I don't I don't understand. I don't think he can hear me. Like I'm Nick, talking when Nick, he's not are talking. Are you hearing at all? You can't possibly hear us. Yeah, he's not hearing us. Uh, so I'm gonna put, I think we're having some trouble. I'm going to put him on hold here uh, because I wanted to comment on what it was that he was saying so we could continue the conversation. Anyway, uh, I, this is the message. I, as I mentioned yesterday, I had this almost four, you know 45-minute long conversation. It was mostly me asking questions of the city manager here in Keene, New Hampshire yesterday. And the quote that Nick just read, which is also in his email by this Volterine Dick, Clary, uh, it really is essentially the message that this guy was telling me yesterday. His message to me was, you know, you should really just use the system. The system's here for the common good, and you really need to uh, to use the system. And he basically begged me to pay property taxes. He didn't, you know, what didn't get down on his knees or anything like that. But essentially, what he was saying was, you know, you really shouldn't uh, non-cooperate. You should really use the system because, and as it says here, uh, th- you know, this system destroys initiative, quenches the individual. Rebellious spirit, well, and if all you're doing is obeying, then you're never going to get anywhere. And I, I agree with that. Well, I, I, I think that the uh, the political action and uh, market-based uh, action, uh, you know, uh, you know, call it what you will. They should be used in in tandem, and I don't mean uh, coordinated centrally in uh, in tandem. I just mean that uh, it's sort of the good cop, bad cop routine. Look, there's people out there, uh, you know, from the, the from the political uh, side. You sort of you sort of tell the system, as it were. Look, there's people out there that are not paying attention. So you need to work with us um, in order to you know affect change, so that these people can you know they, they, they can be more brought inside the system simply by getting rid of a lot of the crappy, stupid rules you have. That's all I'm saying, and I think that this is a dumb argument. I really do. I think that the uh, the argument between political activism and uh, market-based activism or civil disobedience or whatever, yeah, it's not I think that it's compl- anything. I think that it, uh, for one, it doesn't matter if, if you're a liberty activist. If you care about smaller government, um, you and you live in 49 uh, of the other states in the United States or elsewhere in the world. You shouldn't be having this uh, argument at all because it doesn't matter. The political activists and the uh, you know the the uh, you know market-based activist type people, civil disobedience type people, they're not having any effect anywhere except New Hampshire. Right. And so shut up and move. And if you're here in New Hampshire and you're having this argument, shut up and get back to work. Yeah, because it's really not producing anything except polarizing people, I think. More yep. on the way here. And I also agree with Nick's uh, assertion that just because you're engaging in this political action and voting doesn't mean that you won't be targeted. There are plenty of examples of political uh, targeting and retribution. More. This is Free 
Talk Live. It's your show. If you dial in and bring up what you want, toll free at 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. Again, that number is 1-800-259-9231, and you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features are free, including the Shrine of Female listeners, dozens of ladies who've sent us their validated photo and prove they listen to the show. Go to shrine.freetalklive.com. See what it's all about. That's shrine.freetalklive.com. And what if a socialist became president of the United States of America? President Barack Obama? John McCain? The North American Union? Unconstitutional gun and drug laws? A national ID card? What's your trigger point? If it happens, what will you do? Free State Project participants choose what event will trigger their move to New Hampshire and join the fight for freedom. Check it out at freestateproject.org. That's freestateproject.org because this is really where it's all at. This is where the best activists are moving to. To get active for liberty, whether they're doing it in the political realm, and I think the people that are doing the political realm stuff are doing a great job. I think they're doing things that are unprecedented. I have allotted the New Hampshire Liberty Alliance for its brilliant, innovative ideas, especially the uh, the gold sheet thing that they yeah. do and the ratings. I'm, I'm, I'm amazed and I'm very excited about right. it. Right. So there's a lot happening here politically that is uh, is going on that I think will really jazz people up that are interested in all that. And, you know, to say that I've been mean to the politicos is pretty ludicrous when I've been on the air, uh, you know, giving them fellatio or <laughs> oral fellatio on the air virtually. And certainly plenty of airtime to promote the things that they're doing, which, again... It's all about you. You call in, tell us what you think is interesting. So we hear from uh, the political activists here in New Hampshire, and they've got neat things to report, things that aren't going on anywhere else in any of the other 49 states. And then, of course, there's the non-cooperative stuff. There's the market-based activism. There's the media. We're the media in New Hampshire. We've got radio shows. We've got television programs. We've got uh, newspapers. I don't think how much big of that bo- do you have? We're not the big boy go-to media, but we have you know there's there's a voice. We have our own media here in New Hampshire, and a lot of it, and it's growing. And more talented media people are coming in here on a uh, you know monthly or so basis. They're getting involved, and you know how many pro-liberty TV shows does your local cable access channel have on? How many pro-liberty shows are on the radio? None. Probably not very many. There's a chance you could have a, a libertarian talk show host or something like that, but but you don't have the concentration we do. You don't have your own pro-liberty newspaper sitting out there for people to take in various locations across the state. You just don't have that stuff anywhere else. It's happening here, and this is as far as we've come so far. The Free State Project has barely even begun. Barely. There's only 500-plus people that have actually pointed out that they've moved. Now, yes. you suggest, Mark, there could be hundreds more, but there are only at least 500 people that have pointed out that they live here as part of the Free State Project, and we want to get 20,000. So we're at the very, very tip, the very beginning of this uh, change that's coming. Anyway, let's continue with your calls and talk to Scott in Canada. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Scott. Hi, guys. Hey, you're on the amp line. What's on uh, your mind? I just want to talk about what you've been discussing I don't know why people are getting so worked up. I mean, you can do whatever sort of activism you think works for you. I do. I joined the Libertarian Party of Canada, and because that's when I did that, and I, I made it known to my friends and family, I had a lot of people ask me questions about what is a libertarian because they had never heard of it. Mm-hmm. So that was my way of just getting the message out. And um, I'm running for MP in the upcoming election as cool. a member of Parliament, and that's just you know one thing I'm doing. But I'm also doing. Uh, you know, market-based things with other libertarians in my area where we, uh, we made a blog, we're making videos, we're doing things like that, trying to get messages out. So really for me, it's, it's, 
getting the message out because the way the way we'll we'll get more liberty in our life is by getting people on our side. It's partially numbers. So I think if we can get the message out there, show because it's a very strong logical message, and that's something actually that I really appreciate about you guys because you use. It's very sound logic, good arguments. I, I just listened to the, all these KGEV uh, uh, podcasts from a few weeks ago, mm-hmm. and um, I think they're way off base. You guys are, are you use logic and reason, and I, I appreciate that. Because if you were just sort of spouting off stuff that, that really made no sense, I, I wouldn't be attracted to the show. Right. You know, it's, so, it's, it's um, not one of those liberty shows where we uh, grab our guns and go, yeah. Yay, freedom! <laughs> we don't do that. We 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 both of us are are you know we're good debaters. We um you know we engage it, uh, uh, you know the issues from a logical standpoint, and that's what we try to do. And and the libertarian philosophy I find to be very logical and very strong on with that. It makes sense. And when you base it all on non-aggression principle, people will buy into that. It's all the other things once you go from there that people start thinking, oh, roads, oh, who's going to take care of the sick people, right? Mm-hmm. All those things come from that. But if you can sell them on the non-aggression principle, most people find that appealing. Oh, wait, you know, uh, don't use force on my neighbors. They get that. They understand that. But then you have to take it to all the levels after that. But that comes with time. You know, it's winning hearts is, uh, one at a time. And I think if people want to do it with political activism, while you know not that effective in some areas, or the market-based activism, I think they both have their strengths and weaknesses. Just let people do what they're going to do. And I think you, I don't know why people get on Ian's case because I really haven't heard him blast you know people acting in the political realm. It's these people that listen to one segment of the show and think, oh, Ian's getting on our case. It's, it's confirmation bias. They just hear what they want to hear. Ian, so Ian, has, Ian, has a social, Ian has a social disorder, and he really can't help it, and that's what people don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Scott. Any other thoughts? Uh, that's about it, guys. Appreciate the call. 800-259-9231. What, Lauren Canario told me something a few days ago, I, and I know she was quoting somebody. I don't recall who it was. I'm sure somebody can point this out. But she said that uh, she's heard that it's, the difference between a libertarian and a voluntarist is about seven years. <laughs> and I said, yeah, you know, that's about how long it took me. And she said it took her longer. So, you know, it's like what Scott says. People are going to come along when they're ready to come along and when they've come to the conclusions that they've come to based on the input that they've gotten. And hopefully they can tolerate listening to me in the meantime. <laughs> All right, 800-259-9231. I said I was going to give you an example, Mark, of uh, some activism that I thought was pretty interesting. And it's by the uh, We the People organization. And we've actually interviewed their uh, primary uh, the founder, I guess, Bob Schultz. Yeah, on the I'm, I'm a big fan, big fan of Bob Schultz. And what I love about these guys is they're not just complaining about what's going on with the government. They're willing to do something about it. And what it is they're willing to do doesn't involve having to go and take over the Libertarian Party from the inside or change the Republicans or Democrats from the inside and try to work through the political system. They they acknowledge the political system. They're deferent to it. So to that extent, I don't necessarily agree with all of that. But what they're doing is still exciting to me. Uh, and what they're doing is a hunger strike. Now, this is going to happen in Washington, D.C., and this will be far more effective than the little Ron Paul party in D.C. or the park thing that they had. You know how they had this like a couple months ago or a month and a half ago where the Free Staters went down and they did some outreach, which I thought was great for them, by the way. It was a great opportunity for the Free State Project to reach out to these Ron Paul activists and give them something to get excited about. I thought that was the best thing that happened about the Ron Paul little party in the park thing that they did. 
but I think that there's nothing really generally that comes from going and having a rally. Generally, not much beyond just a good networking occasion, get to meet some people of like and mind. And might get some people excited. But these people that were organizing this Ron Paul rally thing were, and I'm not talking about the rally for the Republic. I don't remember what this one was called, like the D.C. party thing, D.C. lawn hangout. Anyway, they thought that they were going to get get some media attention because they figured if they got a whole bunch of people together in Washington, D.C., in this park, that the media was going to give a damn about it. And I don't remember hearing anything about the media paying any attention to what, what went on there. But do you think that if people were starving to death in the park, that the media might possibly care about that? Sounds like it's got a better chance. Yeah, I think it's got a much better chance. We'll give you details on what they're planning and how you can get involved if you want. Coming up on Free Talk Live. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live, you can bring up anything if you dial in toll-free at 1-800-259-9231, the SACL-CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features are free, so enjoy those on us. And those features include the bulletin board system, over 375,000 posts for you to surf around through serious issues to fun stuff. You'll find it all at bbs.freetalklive.com. And it's totally free, by the way. That's bbs. .freetalklive.com. I've been taking a, uh, a weight loss supplement called Dex C20, and uh, I've lost four pounds. It's been working for me. I have a, my appetite isn't as big as it usually is, but I'm eating whatever I want. I haven't changed my uh, workout schedule, or which is pretty much non-existent. I haven't changed my uh, normal activity in any way, but I'm losing weight. Lose weight the easy way. Dex C20. Go to diet.freetalklive.com, or you can get it in most uh, drugstores. 1-800-259-9231. Coming up, the details on the We the People organization looking at a hunger strike in Washington, D.C. But first, we go to Vince in California. Vince, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hey, guys. Hey, what's on your mind, Vince? I want to talk about national service today. You. Uh, well, the basic premise of Service Nation is that we have these pressing social problems need to be addressed and that the way to address them is to create this massive new federal bureaucracy that according to the Service Nation website, will, quote, engage one million Americans in full-time service by 2020. Now, you know, they talk about things like cleaning up parks or highways, you know, tutoring inner-city kids and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Now, the funny thing is there's already a great model for how to clean up places. I went to Vons yesterday, and it was in great clean condition. There were tables What's... for me to sit at outside and inside. What is Vons? Newspapers to read. Vons, is... it's a grocery store. Okay, gotcha. West Coast thing? Out here on the West Coast. Gotcha. And all of this was provided to the exact same people that use the parks. So hmm. it got me thinking, why is it that we have these people out there saying we need the spirit of service to clean up the parks and whatnot, but no one's saying we need these same people to help our grocery stores, our computer manufacturers, or other things like that? Well, because they're doing it for a profit. <laughs> yeah, exa- exactly right. Well, and so are the people that are uh, so-called serving, because I actually did a little bit of digging, and I posted this on the uh, the, nation- or the the Service Nation thread on our BBS, because we've been following what these people are up to, been watching very carefully. This is an organization that's calling for, as you said, more people to become government bureaucrats and so-called serve. Well, it they try to make it sound like what they're doing is somehow a volunteer kind of effort, and the only thing voluntary 
about national service, even if it is a so-called opt-in program, is that you're opting in. That's the only thing voluntary about it um, because they're getting paid. Yeah. I went to yeah. the AmeriCorps website, and one of their one of the Service Nation people that's got a little YouTube account and is blogging this Joe Blowmaster guy. He's talking about how he's oh I'm an AmeriCorps alum and we want to, we want to expand we at Service Nation want to expand AmeriCorps. So oh, when he's when he, yeah when he said that I went to go look into AmeriCorps to see well what is this thing I mean they talk of good you know good game about how they help people and it's volunteering but it's not because volunteers don't get paid. That's right. the whole idea behind volunteering is you're giving of yourself and your time in return for nothing but a good feeling and helping people. But these AmeriCorps people, they get uh, what they call a Stipend? small living allowance. Take a shot, Mark. How much is the living allowance per year for an AmeriCorps member? Well, from the tone of your voice, it sounds high. Um, $35,000 no, a year. No, no, it's, it's $10,000 a year. Okay. But, but still, that's more than I've made working at jobs all year long. So is that, is that jobs, a full-time job? That's for a ten? full-time. Yep, I looked into that too. It's full-time. So you essentially become a full-time bureaucrat. A low, you know, right. pay, a bureaucrat that's paid lower than some bureaucrats A very out there. poorly paid bureaucrat. Uh, but you essentially become a full-time bureaucrat. Now remember, from our experience with talking with bureaucrats or former bureaucrats, usually being a full-time bureaucrat doesn't really mean you're doing a lot of work full-time. Our old and the, friend, the other thing you need to remember is that these, uh, these servants, as I like to call them, they're, of course, going to need supervisors and managers and administrators, sure. and they're not going to be getting paid $10,000 an hour nope. or a year. Well, plus, not only do they get ten grand a year, but they also, in some cases, depending on the program that they're working on, will get free housing. So in addition to the $10,000, in some cases, they'll have um, one of their major expenses taken care of. Right. On top of that. So to say that these people are in any way volunteers is an insult to real volunteering. Absolutely. And that's, of course, why I refer to them as servants rather than volunteers, they're because they're just serving right. the state. Well, and then and they make it very clear, actually, interestingly, on the Service Nation website where they talk about what it is that they're looking at doing, what it is that their goal is for the or the organization. That what they do is they sort of conflate volunteering together with uh, with the service concept. It says right there on their website, the ultimate goal of the Service Nation Summit, which will also promulgate a declaration of service that all Americans will be invited to sign is to inspire an America by, in which by 2020, 100 million citizens will volunteer time in schools, workplaces, and faith-based and community institutions each and every year, up from 61 million today. So that first goal, besides the, decor, the declaration of service or whatever, is to encourage volunteerism. Great! I'm all in favor of volunteerism, really? Mark. Wouldn't it be great if we had more volunteerism? That's fine. Who can get, who can get upset about that, but right? But then, comma... After the thing about going up to 100 million volunteers, comma, and that increasing numbers of Americans annually will commit a year of their lives to national service. So those are two very, very different goals, but they sort of try to conflate them together as though they have something to do with one another. National service is being a paid bureaucrat for a year of your life. And they want to increase... The thing that I would say to the people that are are promoting national service is, I mean, you're right, you know, our... Our parks and our beaches and our streets are in bad condition. Our schools are churning out idiots, basically. And the question I need to ask them is, 
if all of our, these government services are in such dire straits, why is the solution to be, cre- be creating this gigantic More bureaucracy yep. run by the exact same government that screwed everything up in the first place? It's, it's a really great question, and the, 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 answer, their the answer to it is, look, people, it's the tragedy of the commons. Whenever you have something that is commonly held by everyone, it deteriorates to the point of uselessness. Um, you know, you can do your best to maintain it, but the, the fact is, when you compare an amusement park to a city park, you know which one's better taken care of, don't you? <laughs> well, yes. What, what, people, what people say then is, I don't like the idea of having to pay to go into a park. Well, you wouldn't have to pay much. Maybe you could pay some kind of annual dues to keep it up or and, something and like, like that. And like I said but, before, I mean, I can go to this grocery store, Vons, I can go in there for free and sit down for an hour or two hours yep. and sit there and use their free Internet service. It's outside, sunny and nice. Absolutely. So, I think it's a great point. There's no, there's no shortage of, uh, you know, the, the, the fact is, it has to be a for-profit business in order for it to be successful, and that's just the way it goes. But even a charitable organization can be successful in that they can continue operating and, and offer things to the public. I think the like charitable that. organizations are great and everything, but uh, if you put a for, I think that if you put a for-profit business in there um, to compete against them, that it will clean their, their butt. Oh, no doubt about it. I hey, agree. great call, Vince. Any other thoughts? Nope, that's it. Thanks for making it. 800-259-9231. So there's that second part of the, the Service Nation goal. They want increasing numbers of Americans to annually... Uh, that is, they want to increase the number annually of Americans that will commit a year of their lives to national service. Now, my question is, the Service Nation people and their associates are making it very clear when they're being asked that they do not support Charles Rangel's National Service Act, which would be a mandatory national service situation. They're saying they don't support that, and they're being very vehement about the fact that they only want this to be a voluntary thing. They don't want to force people into this. But how is it, Mark, that you could guarantee increasing numbers of Americans will commit a year of their lives to national service? The only way to guarantee that that's going to happen, if that's indeed their goal, is to at some point in, engage in force and to engage in, in aggressing against people. I suppose you could uh, you could increase wages, but it's not really a guarantee. Yeah, there's um, no way to guarantee besides threatening people. That's the way I see it, at least. That's the message I'm getting here. It's very sort of subtle reading between the lines. It's it, even if it, even if it's uh, you know even if they don't support the the Charles Rangel's National Service Act, it's still a bunch of hippie feel good bull crap, um, and, you know, yeah. socialist nonsense that right. isn't going to uh, uh, amount to crap. And you know, again, at the very best, the Service Nation organization is calling for an increase in government bureaucracy and calling for more Americans to become government bureaucrats for a year of their lives. And that's not going to do a good thing for Americans. It's going to more bureaucratize people. And that's dangerous in my opinion. So it's still a very dangerous organization to be watched. Luckily, one of our listeners has gotten on the inside. More on the way. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want if you dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231, the SACL-CAI toll-free line. Ian here with you. And Mark. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. And if you like Free Talk Live and want to help support the program, just shop with us at amazon.freetalklive.com. Enter Amazon through that link, and Free Talk Live will get a percentage of your purchase. It's that simple. There are 41-plus categories to shop in. New, even used items. Whatever it is you buy, Free Talk Live gets a cut if you start your shopping at amazon.freetalklive.com. 
Com. As we continue with your calls, still to come, we'll tell you about the hunger strike planned for Washington, D.C. First, it's Tony in California. You're on with Ian and Mark on Free Talk Live. Hey, what are you guys doing? Hey, doing a radio well, show. A radio show. Besides, uh, yeah, radio show. Hey, Scratching myself. so <laughs> I was listening a little earlier, and you were talking about uh, what some government bureaucrat is trying to beg you to basically support his system and pay his property tax. Mm-hmm. Not, not his. You know, yes, he doesn't uh, want to enact consequences on me. He doesn't want to do that. Yeah, he's a I nice the, guy. You know, I think the bigger that your show uh, gets, just the more you're going to be attacked. I was listening to Alex uh, Jones. I'm a podcast listener, so I heard him ranting about. You know, he's had lots of not quite the same problems that uh, that you're having. But I just think that uh, you know, it, it almost sound, but it does sound like uh, you're being effective. And so now they're coming to you and saying, you know. Uh, no, no, uh, I went to him. Uh, perhaps I didn't oh. explain uh, what happened. Maybe oh, I didn't explain I, I, I it tonight. I maybe didn't hear everything then. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, well, well, I had sent the city of Keene, New Hampshire, their government bureaucrats, I had sent them a bunch of questions in response to them billing me this bill for property taxes, and I just wanted to know a few things. They oh, never got right. back to me. Uh, I gave them 45 days to get back to me. They never did. So I went and talked to the tax collector, who was the person I had been conversing with. She says she can't answer the questions. She pointed me to the city manager or the attorney general or the city attorney attorney and so i figured i'd start with the city manager because i already had some rapport with him so we went and uh, a handful of us from the area went and met with this guy with a video camera and he actually uh-huh. answered the questions on camera now he wasn't responsive to all of the questions but nonetheless it was an an enlightening encounter because it really gave a look into the mindset of somebody who is completely indoctrinated into the system a total believer in the system I and mean, essentially his position is that what he's doing he believes is for the common good and so as long as if, if he believes and uh, if he believes it's for the common good, then what they do is not considered stealing in his mind. When they take people's houses from them and when they do things like that, he does not believe that's stealing because in his mind it's been associated with the common good and what the people allegedly want. Of course, and I'm sure his system would be great if everybody had good intentions. But that's the problem, isn't it? You, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. You, you know, you, if, <laughs> if you believe that we need a government to in order to uh, control the bad people because people are bad, then if you have a government, bad people are going to get in it. You know? So you've got this sort of contrary uh, dog-chasing-its-tail sort of logic going on there. Yeah, we just got to stop supporting this stuff. Absolutely. Yeah, and the same thing goes with, this, uh, uh, you know, with the National Service Act. I mean, is this thing really going to pass? I don't know. I don't think Charles Wrangles. I think they're going to try to make that happen, but uh, I, you know, it looks like they they may have. They're not prepared. You know, the people, the organizations that are supporting it aren't prepared to say yes. We're for mandatory service. So I'm not sure that they're, they're certainly gonna... not going to say it before the election. Yeah. Yeah, certainly not. Yeah, I'm about ready to stop supporting it uh, entirely, but. May have to be part of the Free State Project. Who knows? We'll That's see. the way to go. I mean, if you're going to pull, if you're going to pull out support, you're fighting a, a real losing battle if you're by yourself. Because who's going to come out and support you? At the very well, least, go up, go and sign up at freestateproject.org. I mean, even if even if everything blows up and it uh, you know it doesn't amount to anything, it, we can use the we can use the sign up. Well, I am concerned about uh, the geopolitical stuff going on right now because I don't really want to get blown up in a nuclear war. But that's really about the extent of it. You know, they're just. Uh, the way to stop that stuff is for us to stop supporting them. Yep. Financially. Absolutely. And there's lots of avenues for that. So. Yeah, I'm anyway, already there. I'll call again. Excellent, sir. Thanks for the call tonight. 800-259-9231. Here is a press release that the people over at We the People, uh, which GiveMeLiberty.org is Before their Before you go on something sticking in my craw, yes. um, if we get big, like Alex Jones, that's... Alex you know, Jones like, isn't 
I don't know how big. Like he's right. big on the internet. Well, that was the that was the uh, the sort of the point made by uh, the call. You know, it was it was sort of a uh, unspoken point made by the caller because okay. Alex Jones has had problems with uh, the authorities, and therefore, you know, as we get bigger, we're going to have problems like he does because he's big. Okay. I guess um, yeah. we've got more stations than he does. We do. And, uh, you know, he's been a, certainly got a lot of continuity and that kind of thing. I think that we can there can be arguments made that our show is nearly as big as Alex Jones's. So, you know, I haven't uh, I think on the Internet, he, he whips our butts. I'm, you know, he sells a lot of videos and yeah. he makes some really great stuff out there. And he's been around for a long time. A lot of people know his name. I'm not I'm, I'm yeah. not discounting any of those things. However, I'm just saying, as, you know, if if you use this one particular yardstick, which is yeah. a, a pretty a pretty good yardstick, yeah, it's not the it's not here's the sum total for of you. it. Just as, here's a yardstick for you: the uh, Alexa search. You familiar with that, Mark? Yeah. Okay. Uh, now Alexa, not scientific by any means, but I think it does give you a general idea. There's for, another one called Complete. I, oh, really? com, I believe. Yeah. Well, I think it does give you a general idea of what websites are more popular than others. Right. Alex, the 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 lower Info the Wars? number, the yeah, the lower the number, the more popular the site. Jones's website is below 6,000. Okay. Ours, That's a pretty popular site. Ours is 158,558. Yeah. Like he's smoking us, leaving us in the dirt yeah. on that. But Absolutely. we have more radio stations. You know, and most of a lot of our not, stations, you know. a lot of our stations are weekend affiliates, and I don't think he does a uh, weekend show. He does actually a, a live weekend show. show? Uh, yeah, Sunday show. Okay, from KLBJ. Yeah. So anyway, I think I think uh, he's well, probably not working to uh, you know he you know put more emphasis on the internet or whatever. Yeah, and the guy, I mean, I've I've actually traded an email with him once over MySpace, and you know he definitely respects what it is we're doing, and I respect what he does on the mm. police state stuff. Not so much chemtrails or 9/11 and all that, but you know, give I'll give credit where credits due, and you know, obviously he thinks he's more popular than we are. I can't get a call back from uh, from his people. Like, I've actually tried to get him on the show, because some people have said, a lot of our listeners have said, you should get this guy on the show to talk about, you know, the issue of effectiveness, right? The issue of, is this conspiracy talk, uh, the the fringe sort of conspiracy stuff, is it effective in, in any way of uh, promulgating the ideas of freedom? So I'd like to have that conversation with him, but I've tried twice in two years now, and haven't, he hasn't gotten back to me. Penn Jillette also has not gotten back to me. Uh, I've been Alex trying. Jones is as big as Pendulette. I've been trying to get Pendulette on this show for as you know as long as we've been syndicated, and I could understand why he might not want to come on when we had seven affiliates, but now we got forty affiliates. He's I still can't get his uh, people to get back. Well, in he touch doesn't have me. a radio show any longer either, so he doesn't have quite quite the same thing to promote. Yeah, and, but there's always a re- something to promote. He's got his TV show. Yeah, watch my TV show, my really really popular TV show, or um, which you probably already heard about, or uh, please come to my uh, act in Vegas, which I've been doing for a very long time. And all I'm knows. saying is, we ain't nothing. <laughs> That's all. We're like the best kept secret of the liberty movement, as far as uh, I think that that, yeah. <laughs> that in and of itself yeah. Um, is yeah that's true. All right, so here's what's going on with we the people. This is a press release they uh, plan on releasing on September 18th. On September 17th, 2008, the 221st anniversary of the U.S. Constitution, thousands of Americans gathered in Washington, D.C. to begin to hunger for redress. They began their mass hunger strike to draw worldwide attention to the fact that the government of the United States of America has not only been flagrantly violating its own constitution, it now refuses to respond or even acknowledge the people's petitions for redress of these grievances, despite the fact that the Constitution requires the government to do so. Number one. 
that the Iraq invasion is a violation of the War Powers Clauses, that number two, the Federal Reserve System's violation of the Money Clauses, three, the USA Patriot Act's violation of the Privacy Clauses, four, the direct taxes on labor in violation of the Tax Clauses, five, the gun control laws in violation of the Second Amendment, six, the failure to enforce immigration laws, I don't agree with that one, obviously, and uh, seven, the construction of a North American Union without constitutional authority. So they've really got their ducks in the row as far as the various different objections to what the federal government has been doing over the past several years, and they've uh, been trying for a long time to get answers. Get some answers. All they want is some answers. People. And they tried it a couple of years ago. They didn't get any answers, and they had this sort of march, or not, I guess it was a march, and they brought people in V for Vendetta masks out, and they really kind of made a spectacle of themselves, and nothing really came of that. Still, they didn't get any answers, so this time they're taking it to the next step, and they plan on a hunger strike. Until recent times, says the press release, the founding principles of America, limited government, due process of law, respect for private property, personal responsibility, and self-reliance, were the defining attributes of the American culture and way of life. Now, however, with almost weekly escalations of government control over their lives, threats to the lives of innocent men, women, and children in foreign lands, the imposition of a national police surveillance state, and a politicized judicial system which has become incapable of justice, Americans finally appear to be willing to say, no, enough is enough. You've gone too far for decent Americans to any longer tolerate these acts of despotism. We hereby claim and exercise our right to hold you, the government, accountable to the Constitution. And that's the beginning of their press release. We'll continue and tell you a little bit more about what they have planned, maybe give you some information as to how you can get involved if this is exciting to you. I think it's a pretty cool idea. When's the last time there was a hunger strike of any significance in this country? I mean, more than one person. It's Free Talk Live. Hour 3 is coming up. You can take control of the airwaves. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. We are launching at hour number three of the program. You can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That again, the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features there are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. We uh, were finishing up the last hour talking about the We the People organization at givemeliberty.org and what it is they've got planned for the month of September. Uh, Starting on September 17th, they want hundreds, hopefully thousands, maybe they're shooting for thousands, not sure how many they'll get, of Americans to come to Washington, D.C. for the Hunger for Redress event that they've come up with. These folks have been trying for years to just get some answers from the government people, and we've been following their progress. And their answers, uh, the questions they ask are not outlandish. No, no, they're they're very well researched. They're good uh, issues to bring up, and they are questions that deserve answers, in my opinion. And so they've been asking these questions. They've been served. They've served them directly to the so-called representatives in Washington D.C. Every single, you know, five hundred, all five hundred thirty-five, the White House. They've served it all over the place. A few years back, nobody responded. 
So they said, all right, well, what are we going to do? They uh, filed a lawsuit, and the lawsuit went through some of the courts until the the highest level of court beneath the Supreme Court. I forget what that is, but the, the highest level Circuit of court, court. basically t- um, came back and said, you know, you can ask all the questions you want. Government people don't have to respond to them. That was what the position of the courts were, was. They tried to take it to the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court basically said, we don't want to hear this. So the Supreme Court basically uh, – endorsed essentially by not hearing the case what the lower court had said so frustrated by all of this they're now trying again uh they are trying to again they've served once again all 535 members of congress in the white house with their petition for redress of grievances addressing seven different issues that are very important to them including the iraq war the federal reserve and the patriot act and they're hoping to get some answers so far again no one has responded to them not even ron paul And so what they're going to do is this hunger strike where they want to get as many people as possible to Washington, D.C. on September 17th of this year to not eat and publicize this event that uh, they're going to continue hungering until somebody answers their questions. Now, I don't agree with all of their views, uh, the Give Me Liberty organization, don't, you know, the We the People. I'm not, I don't agree with them completely, but I have to respect what they're doing. I think that, especially as somebody who has an appreciation for, uh, for non-political action, this is, while it's tied into the political system, is, I think, far more effective than just getting and waving a bunch of signs. I, I, I agree. I think, I, you know, I support wholly what they do. Here's the, the rest of his press wholly, release. Not, not all the issues, but what they're doing. I support what they're doing. Let me share briefly the, uh, the rest of their press release here that they want to send out to announce this. This is like a future future fantasy press release sort of describing what's going on. Uh, so they talk about the weekly, almost weekly escalations of government control over our lives. They're saying that it's time to say enough is enough and that they want to hold the government accountable to the Constitution. Now, let me point out, I don't believe that any of this is possible. I don't think they're going to get any answers. They'll continue to be ignored. Or if somebody comes out, they'll be non-responsive in their, in their answers to the questions. But Bob Schultz, he keeps trying. He's a good man. He says the government of the United States of America is out of control and refuses to be held accountable to the Constitution. It's now routinely violating war powers, money, privacy, tax, and other restrictions explicitly placed upon it by the Constitution. And in a further act of constitutional defiance, the government refuses to listen or even respond to the people's petitions for redress. He says, our government refuses to be held accountable for these violations. This is one of the reasons why I don't support explicitly the organization, because they're not my government. I understand, Bob, he's still holding on to the last vestiges of the ideas, of the ideals that the country was founded on, thinking that there's a chance they could whip it back into shape. But I think they're going to uh, to fail, unfortunately, at this. But I still will uh, will watch and tell you about it as it continues to happen. He says, we need to expose the true character of the government. I agree with that. And draw attention to the fact that the people of America, as a free people, are by design the final arbiters of the Constitution, and that the servant government has usurped the power of the people, taking over the house that liberty built. Our repeated petitions for redress have been answered only with repeated injuries. Enough is enough. The Constitution was signed on September 17, 1787, establishing America as the land of freedom and opportunity. It established a republic with a government of strictly limited powers to secure the unalienable rights of the people to independent thought and individual liberty. So, you know, had this been five years ago, my viewpoint would have been right along with Bob Schultz. Mm. And I would, you know, be cheering him on saying, yeah, you go get him. But at this point, I can't say I expect very much to happen here. I think that people will hunger and then they'll eventually 
They'll leave and go get something to eat. Yeah, they either die or eat. Um, I I find it hard to believe anybody's going to die over this, and if so, you know, the government people, it's not going to change anything. They'll just have another dead body on their hands. Well, I, you know, I, I worry for uh, Bob Schultz's health. He's a um, he's an older gentleman. He's an older gentleman, and he's uh, done this before. And you know, I, I I hope that it comes to some conclusion where he can uh, draw a victory from it. Yeah, I really do. I really, really do. Uh, believe me, I support the We the People organization wholeheartedly. I love what they do. I don't know what the government. You know, it, it just doesn't seem like the government cares. I think he's going to prove that. Yeah, absolutely. And from what he, you know, they keep saying this is like the last step, and then they keep coming up with another last step. So I don't yeah. know how long what they've had the this in their step? pocket. I mean, what, you know, what, yeah. Where do we go after that? Right. If they ignore you and a couple of your supporters die or they, you know, really hurt themselves at this hunger strike, then what are you going to do? Are you then going to stop paying? Actually, uh, Bob Actually, Schultz has yeah, stopped that's, paying, right? You know, that's, the, that's one of the reasons I support them uh, so, you know, uh, vehemently is that they don't pay their taxes. That's true. That's true. They, they, they have pay, a class action They don't pay suit. the government's taxes, I should say. Don't they have a class action lawsuit? Yeah, they they had a class action lawsuit that was, of course, turned down by the Supreme Court right. because, oh, yeah, this was uh, addressed by a okay. lower court, which the lower court didn't address it at all. It's they just been just going on so a, long. You know, just all, of, crap. all of this has been going on so long, it's hard for me to remember where all the different strands are, are going off to. But, uh, yeah, I've got a lot of respect for him and those uh, thousands of people that had joined him in, in basically telling the government, look, you know, if you don't want to answer our questions, we don't really see any reason to pay you anything. And so they've stopped paying. And so to that end, I uh, really appreciate what he's done. I just wonder what's next. What is it they've got planned? And we'll keep our, uh, keep our eye on things. And, Mark, you'd suggested that we might get Bob back on the show when this actually goes down, this hunger strike thing. I love talking to him every time we do. It seems like a good, uh, a good idea. So we'll keep you in the loop here. And if you want to help out, you can go to, it looks like they got a new website, wethepeoplefoundation.org, and I think givemeliberty.org is still their website as well. So if you, is this something that excites you, you want to go join the hunger strike, you are welcome to, uh, to help them out, and I'm sure they'd appreciate it. And if you can't go, if you can't actually be there, I'm sure they'll take your contributions. Let's go to your phone calls and talk to Steve in Toronto. You're on Free Talk Live. Hey, Steve. Hi, guys. I wanted to talk about the unintended consequences of government action, if uh, that's okay. Certainly. Okay. Okay. Well, uh, I've been finding often that uh, when I'm trying to talk to fans of government, uh, that one of the best strategies to kind of plant the seed of liberty in their minds is to find out why they want government in place, uh, what their intentions are, Mm -hmm. and then to systematically... uh, Prove to them that uh, that that the government actions often will uh, create the opposite result of what they were hoping to, and yep. that and that actually, if, if liberty were more prevalent, uh, these goals would be achieved. I think it's a brilliant easily. approach. Uh, it's been successful for me in the past. My, I think the most one of my more memorable examples was during the 2000 campaign uh, for Harry Brown. I was promoting Harry on a college campus, and a couple of greenies were concerned with, uh, you know, the the the, the fact that. The environment. They they were very worried about the environment, and I showed them that the government is the worst threat to the environment. That the right. government at all levels is the biggest polluter, especially the military, is the biggest polluter of more so than any of the top four corporate polluters combined. So sure, it was I, stuff like that that really helped persuade those people. Oh, it's it, it's it's clear across the board on most issues. The more restrictions you have on guns, the higher the violent crime generally. Uh, so, so all kinds of things like that. But there, there was one issue that I was debating with somebody the, the other day, and I did have trouble um, 
showing the unintended consequences of how the, they were actually worse. Mm-hmm. I thought you guys might have some insight. Okay, shoot. Uh, well, here, here in Canada, uh, and perhaps it's the same in the U.S., um, it is uh, against the law. It's completely banned for uh, cigarette and tobacco companies to advertise in magazines and billboards and on TV. Uh, and I'm sure there are unintended consequences. I, I just couldn't think of any. Let's get to it in a moment. Hang on. We're going to bring you back. 800-259-9231. I know there are similar restrictions here in America. Just on broadcast advertising, which shows the broadcast billboards advertising. I don't think can do it either. Oh, I think you can have billboards. Mm. More on the way. I don't know. You take control. Maybe It may depend on wherever you live. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want if you dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features, they're free, so enjoy those on us. Uh, Again, that is freetalklive.com, and those features include live streams, broadband version, and dial-up versions, both free for you at freetalklive.com. Travel less and meet online. Try WebEx for free. You can go to webex.com and enter the promo code 600 to start your free trial of WebEx. That's WebEx, W-E-B-E-X.com. Enter the promo code 600 and start your free trial of WebEx today. As we continue with Steve in Toronto asking a question about unintended consequences and if there are any in regards to cigarette advertising being banned from things like uh, you mentioned in Canada it was magazines billboards and, and billboards in Canada was it's, it it's really everywhere everywhere and yeah. you're asking what are the unintended consequences right well, with, without without sliding into the slippery slope argument of saying well if they're going to restrict that advertising it could go anywhere I just want to study the effects of, of the unintended consequences of if it just were to stop there. Yeah, I don't know if there are always unintended consequences. I think while it's a, a general uh, thing that we see in many governmental programs, I think in most cases, uh, certainly in government programs, they generally also fail at what it is they intend to do, but that's not necessarily an But even the failures have unintended consequences. I, I'm prepared to give you some un- unintended consequences. Sure. Um, the, well, first off, what people don't think when they talk th- think about banning uh, things like cigarettes is they assume that, you know, that'll just... Just get rid of the bad, bad cigarettes. Well, there's good, good people that work in uh, the area of producing tobacco, that mm-hmm. work in the area of, uh, you know, the factories of making the cigarettes, in the areas of, uh, you know, the, the administering the, the business, and in the area of placing the ads and that kind of thing. So you affect negatively their business. In the United States, it's just limited to broadcast advertising, which to me makes the point that broadcast advertising is better than magazine and billboard advertising. <laughs> sure, but, but the, the, the problem there is that if I'm trying to convince somebody uh, who, who loves the government and sees this as a good action, they're not going to care much uh, if business is hurt. It sure. means that but you don't make it. People you don't make smoke. it the point of, of business. You make it the point of people. And then if you can't, um, it, you know, uh, and and make sure when you make the point that they're hurting me. I'm in the advertising business, and I would really like some cigarette advertising business. I'm on the other side of it. I'm just in the sure. ad business. I do the radio show, and I've got a four-month-old son. You're taking food out of his mouth. Do you want to come and break his little fingers too? <laughs> I mean, you know, if you want unintended right. consequences, Jack could be could, grow, could have grown up to be a brain surgeon for lack, but but for lack of uh, the funds, because somebody stopped cigarette advertising. 
There I don't know go. if it's really unintended consequences because, I mean, that could be their intention. I mean, they could believe that the well, people that sell cigarettes... they're just evil bastards then. Right. Well, they could believe that people that sell cigarettes and advertising are evil and should be restricted in these ways. Their families be damned. I don't know. Right. But I, I think it's a good answer anyway, Mark. It's the best I got. Sure. I, I, I thought of one additional one. Uh, in, in addition to, um, to, to being banned from advertising, uh, they also can't sponsor events, and so... There's a lot of events that used to be big, uh, you know, community building events mm-hmm. here that that either don't exist anymore. Or they've had to scale things back. But, yeah, but again, that, that I seems, think that might be so here too, because I, I certainly yeah, don't see Marlboro. It seems even like, you know, even as I'm arguing it to people, I, I don't feel extremely confident in that argument the same way that I do when I can show that banning guns hurts more people. Sure. Yeah, I think that Mark's point is good, but it's kind of I think you can certainly show that uh, there's there's lots of people in the advertising business that are making less money, and therefore their kids are less well off. Uh, you know, pretty. Uh, you, you don't have. I don't have statistics for it because, well, you know, that's just. Uh, you know, I haven't gone and compiled those things. Don't know where to get those numbers. But yeah, that's really that's really happened. Yeah, wouldn't you? How about this one? Wouldn't you rather the money from the cig- big cigarette companies go to people that are selling advertising than uh, go to pay the CEO? Because they're going to take that money and spend it on something. Might as well be spending it on advertising. I don't know. That's kind of weak. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a tough it's a tough one. I've tried to get my head around it a number of times and yeah. I have trouble with it. And uh, I just don't think there are always unintended consequences. I mean, the uh, intention of the government school system has been to dumb people down, and it's been very, very successful at that. It's not hard right. to do that. Right, well, right, but uh, but my and look point at is, the, is, and look at the amount of money that was spent on doing it. Right, but that's not necessarily an unintended consequence. That's just a general outcome of government programs: is that they have an intention, and you know, for instance, the intention is to build a school. Okay, well, we know the school gets built, but as you pointed out so many times, Mark, if you go and buy a car and the list price is fourteen thousand dollars and you pay seventy five thousand dollars for it even you failed though you, you you succeeded <laughs> in that right. your goal was reached that you got the car you failed in that you did a piss poor job of of the purchase so government fails at what it does pretty much every single time but it doesn't always have unintended consequences so i don't think you can go to that 100 percent of the time i think the slippery slope argument that you started there when we rejoined if they the can segment, do it if they can do it to tobacco they can do it to right. anything and i think sure, that's food and and so forth. Yep. But yep. Uh, you, you lose people with that when they say, no, no, government would just stop there. You can't win them all, my friend. Yeah, and I course. think you're right well, in all it, your it, points. The people that you'd be ar- that would be making a lot of the arguments that you're talking about there are, are you know stuck in a just a big government Control freaks. Uh, authoritarian mindset. And I swear to God, you might you might convert conservatives and you might convert liberals and you might convert moderates. Authoritarians You'll though, never convert authoritarians because right. they just don't mind shooting you in the head to you, get what they want. Yep, you can try and you can try, but I mean, if you, if you've tried a couple times and you don't feel like you're even making any sort of headway, you're not seeing a gear turn or two, leave them behind and find the next person. They don't mind kicking somebody in the crotch to get what they want. They suck. So true. There you go. (laughs) Thanks for the call, dude. Appreciate the uh, the question. Good one. 800-259-9231. To the amp line, unscreened. Who is this? Hi, it's Terry from Toronto. I got an unintended consequence for uh, cigarette advertising. Uh Certainly, Terry. Go ahead. And that's uh, right here in Toronto. They had uh, Benson and Hedges International Fireworks Competition. Mm, that mm. Um, it was a fantastic, uh, probably six or seven day festival with wow. uh, uh, international uh, countries competing for fireworks, and that was fabulous. And there was also a jazz festival uh, sponsored by another cigarette company. Who doesn't like jazz? Who doesn't like fireworks? Exactly. Great points. 
Two great, two great things, uh, unintended consequences. Yep, they Excellent. screwed it up with their damn bands. Well done, sir. That's Any right. other thoughts tonight? Uh, that's it for tonight. Right. Thank you for the input. I love it when people are listening live because they always have such great things to uh, to add. But if you're listen, if you're not listening live, and then you send an email, and there's like a hundred emails, we just we don't always get to it. So it's always nice when you can just go right from one call to the next. Anyway, eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. That is the toll free number for you to take control of the airwaves. Uh, so coming up here, Mark, you've got a story about red light cameras. Yeah, and we've discussed them before on the program and how it is that they'll uh, they'll have these red light cameras and what they end up doing is they want to catch more people going through the red lights. Sure. So they'll shorten Giving the yellow light time. Ticket, tickets um, are ge- revenue generation for, you know, the, the bureaucrats. Mm-hmm. And then red light cameras <clears throat> actually cause people to lock up their brakes, stop, you know, cause accidents, that kind of thing. Yeah. And they'll uh, what they'll do is they'll in fact, they'll uh, shorten the yellow lights and that causes more accidents. And in fact, you know. B- big problems for red light cameras. But you say you've got a story tonight entitled "Red Light Cameras Don't Work," and Just I don't, don't know what now. that means. I don't know if they're getting they're saying that red light cameras don't work in that people don't stop anymore for red lights, or that they don't work in that the government people aren't getting more revenue from them. So we will find out what that means here in moments, and you can dial in and talk about whatever's on your mind at eight hundred. 259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. And also an email uh, about questions in regards to uh, health care and, I think, drugs, actually. We'll get to that if we got time. But your calls are primary if you make them at 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can bring up what you want if you dial in toll-free at 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. Again, that's 800-259-9231. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those on us. And those features include the bulletin board system, the live streams, updates, and more. We give it all away. Those other radio talk show hosts want to charge you for their websites. Enjoy ours on us at freetalklive.com. As we continue with your phone calls, and then we'll get to your story about the red lights, Mark. But first, we go to John in Kansas on the amp line. Hello, John. You're on the air. Hey, guys. Uh, Just wanted to uh, clarify something. I was listening to last night's show, and you mentioned you weren't sure sure whether uh, paid bureaucrats had to swear an oath. Yeah, uh, I, I don't think they all do. As far as, I'm not sure about in New Hampshire, but as far as the ones in Kansas, they are not required to uh, swear an oath. Is it only the elected ones that are? Yes. Okay. It's only the elected. I believe that's pretty standard, and it certainly verifies what I've seen here. Anything else on your mind? Uh, no, just thought I'd like to clarify that point for you guys. Thanks for doing that, John. Thanks. Appreciate the call. Let's talk to Bill in Florida. You are on Free Talk Live. Hello, sir. How are you doing? Bill, what's on your mind tonight? Sir, we'd like to mention to you that we've been looking at a library uh, in regard to something called Kudzu, 
you know, kudzu is considered to be a weed here in the United States. Yeah. But apparently the Japanese farmers, you know, in the islands around Japan have been using kudzu for centuries. And there's a tremendous book called Kudzu where it shows the Japanese are able to take this particular so-called weed and make it into 125 different kinds of uh, foods, uh, cattle feed, chicken feed, etc. So I thought I'd mention that to your Yeah, a lot, of, a lot of communities have uh, efforts to eradicate kudzu. Um, you know, this, it's, it's all over the interstates when you go down. It's, uh, it's a creeping vine, and it, it has a tendency to, to uh, crowd out trees and, you know, then ultimately kill them. But uh, so you say that you can use it for stuff. What kind of things? Well, this is like, you know, for a, fam- a Japanese farmer that has an acre of land, can grow kudzu, and uh, he can feed his family main course meals. They can make uh, desserts out of that. They can feed their chickens or cows or horses. I don't think all so, I'd want to eat is kudzu, but if that's hey, well, true, you know, you wouldn't want to just eat beef, and yeah. you wouldn't want to just eat uh, lettuce either. But right. uh, you know, that doesn't mean they're not good food. Yeah, interesting, uh, interesting. That's uh, point. Cool. Thanks, Thanks for bringing yeah, that up, Bill. Thank you for the call tonight. Thank you, sir. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Kudzu's food. Yep, you can bring up whatever you want here on Free Talk Live. Mark, do red light? Uh, what is it? Red light cameras? Do they work? Uh, apparently not. What's the story? Red light cameras are designed to take a picture of a car's license plate. If Where's this run- coming from? Um, it's it's an online blog post. They, um, it's. Well, it's at ridelust.com, and okay. uh, I, you know, I don't know much about ridelust.com, but uh, you know, always like to know where it's legitish. Okay. <laughs> it's a nice website. Uh, the red light cameras are designed to take a picture of a car's license plate if they run, if the driver runs a red light. These cameras are popping up in city after city as officials theorize that if drivers know they're being watched, they'll be less likely to run the lights. Makes sense. But do they work, or is it just another way to increase revenue from? Traffic tickets. Hmm. Well, according to study after study, rather than improving motorist safety, red light cameras significantly increases crashes, therefore raise insurance premiums. In fact, the only Uh studies that have shown any benefit to red light cameras were either done by the IIHS, the Insurance Institute for Highway Safety, or researchers funded by them. How very strange, don't you think? The most recent study um, revealing the truth about cameras was done by researchers at the uh, University of South Florida College of Public Health. The rigorous studies clearly show red light cameras don't work, said uh, lead author Barbara Langston Orban, uh, professor and chair of the Health Policy and Management of the USF College of Public Health. Instead, they increase tra- crashes and injuries as drivers attempt to abruptly stop it Camera intersections, just as I said, you know, people, Mm -hmm. they realize the camera's there, they don't want to get the ticket, they'll slam on the brakes, they haven't had the chance to look in the rearview mirror, and then wham! Comprehensive studies from North Carolina, Virginia, Ontario have all reported cameras are associated with increases in crashes. The study by the Virginia Transportation Research Council also found the cameras were linked to increased crash costs. The most relevant question here is, in the face of all of this evidence, have any... Government municipalities around the country actually taken them down. I don't know. I can't answer that. I don't. I mean, I, yeah, I'm just speculating. The only curious. studies that conclude cameras, and, you know, government people love cameras. They just love cameras. They don't like them pointed at them. They like to point them at other people. As a matter of fact, when you point cameras at government people, they have a tendency to, tendency to freak out. But mm-hmm. the only studies that conclude cameras reduce uh, crashes or injuries contained major research design flaws, such as incomplete data, inadequate analysis, and were always conducted by researchers with links to the Insurance Institute for Highway Safety. The IIHS, funded by automobile insurance companies, is the leading advocate for red light cameras um, since insurance companies can profit from red light cameras by way of higher premiums due to increased crashes and citations. 
Apparently, the findings have been known for some time. A 2001 paper by the Office of the Majority Leader of the U.S. House of Representatives reported that red light cameras are a hidden tax levied on motorists. Hmm. The report came in um, to, came to the same conclusions that all of the other valid studies have, that red light cameras are associated with increased crashes and that the timings of yellow lights are often set too short to increase tickets for red light running. The yep. fact is... It's all about money. Yeah, people slam on their brakes. They don't want to get the tickets, so the uh, municipalities, they shorten the yellow lights so they can increase the revenue that they were used to getting when the... Because when the... When the Cameras first go in, they're an increase in revenue, net, right. in, net increase. But then as people get used to them, they decrease dramatically below what uh, the cops were collecting previously. So the municipality is like, whoa, what is all the money? We need the money. So they decrease the uh, the uh, amount of time for the yellow light, thereby increasing more crashes. And It's just it's sick. It's sick. It really you is. Know, it's if sick. They really cared, it's putting the lives of Americans on right. a line for, the, for dollars. Yeah, if they really cared about safety, then it would seem to me, and I'm no traffic expert, but it would seem to me to make sense that if you are having a problem with people running red lights, and it just does, around here it just doesn't happen very often from what I've seen, and if it does, it's always at the last second, right? People run them, and they're like, you know, the last second. It's very rare that five seconds will go by, and someone will just barrel through the intersection after the light turns red. Very rare that something like that happens, and in that case, there's not much you can do. But I think that if you were to have a uh, the automation system that's running these traffic lights, if uh, once it gets to red, you just have it wait a few beats before it goes uh, green on the other side. I think they already do this to some extent. Like Usually it's like you can get a quick two count in before the other light will turn green. But if you're having problems with people running the red light, just extend that a little bit. That way somebody doesn't slam on their gas as soon as their light turns green and, and T-bone somebody or get T-boned. Um, would right. that, I mean, does that make sense? Am I making uh, well, myself Red lights clear? are there to keep us safe. I mean, if, if you talk to people about getting rid of red lights, dear God in heaven, they'll, they'll say that we're all going to die. We're all going to die. But the fact is, the very people that are there to keep you safe and the, the, for the very activity that these lights are meant for, they're used in the opposite ways. Yeah. These people care about the money. They care about their power. They don't care about you. Why in the nope. world would you let them, admit, let, let them administer something as simple as a traffic You're light? You're just a statistic to them. It's sick. You know, the, cons the, uh, the sensible thing to do at a red light is to look. I mean, because I don't trust the damn lights. I understand the lights might have gone green or red you or whatever. You never know. You never know when some fool's going to just keep barreling through. And so the only sensible thing to do is to eyeball the, the lanes of traffic that are going. You're expecting to go after them. When they've stopped, check to make sure they've actually stopped. Because yep. if they keep coming, you're screwed. Yep. It's, that's absolutely it. You can't expect the damn it's lights. It's just an intersection. The lights don't control the cars. Right. You can't expect the lights, exactly, to control the cars. And you certainly can't expect the drivers to know what the hell they're doing. The fact is, if you just think about how you drive, you realize, ooh, sometimes I'm not paying as much attention as I should be. Mm -hmm. you, that's, that's the way it goes for other people. And some people, it's worse. Right. In fact, uh, six U.S. cities have been found guilty of shortening the yellow light cycles below what is allowed by law on intersections Jeez. equipped with cameras meant to catch red light runners. They broke the law to get more revenue. Those, oh, I wonder if anyone was I say they say they've been found guilty. That just means they've been found out. Yeah. Does anybody actually get in trouble for this stuff? Nope. 
Those local governments have completely ignored the safety benefit of increasing the yellow light time and decided to install red light cameras, shorten the yellow light duration, yep. and collect profits instead. You know, as far as I'm concerned, is par- what these bureaucrats did was attempted murder, and they should be sentenced to, to wow. life in prison. Yeah, I, I think you might be onto that, but, you know... They're not going to be. Not going to happen. Ever. immune. More on the way. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control even in these remaining moments. This is Free Talk Live. Only moments remain, but just enough time for your call. We'll try to sneak in here at 800-259-9231. The Sickle CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are free. If you like the show and want to help support Free Talk Live, then we ask that you go to vote for the show. I need to ask you again because we really need the votes. Go to vote.freetalklive.com if you've yet to do it in this month of August. And we've got over at least over 3,000 people per show that listen just via podcast, not including the thousands and thousands of radio listeners out there. But yet we only have a few hundred votes so far this month. So we could really use your participation if you've yet to do it this month. It would help us out a lot. Vote.freetalklive.com. Slipping in the rankings, unfortunately. Yeah, that's unfortunate. Uh, so more people are going to see some other show being at the top of the list, which means less people will Few, come to fewer us. Fewer people listening to the, um, the show and fewer new people listening to the show, fewer advertisers. Yeah, let's continue here. Vote.freetalklive.com and talk to Ladies First. Carrie is on the line in Virginia. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Carrie. Carrie, Virginia, going once. Carrie in Virginia, going twice. Let's try Alex. In hello? Vir- hello, Carrie. Oh, how you doing? Hey, you're on the air. What's on your mind? Oh, um, actually, I just wanted to relate to you a very weird story. It isn't about a red light camera. Okay. It's actually about one of the speeding cameras. Gotcha. Uh, one of our guys uh, that worked with me was driving into the District of Columbia from Northern Virginia and was clocked at the 3rd Street Tunnel at 61 miles an hour. Now, about... Thirty-three minutes later, he was coming back after doing the job and was clocked at 61 miles an hour. And two tickets, same day, within like 30 minutes of each other. What are the chances of doing 61 miles an hour? Same rate of speed. And I looked at the ticket very closely and realized the way the fines broke out, that if it was under 9 over the speed limit, it was 50 bucks. But if it was like 10 or 11, it was 100 bucks. Mm-hmm. Do you think the cameras might be programmed? Well, that is an interesting question. And besides, <laughs> yeah, that's a great point. I mean, how do you know? How, how does do you anybody know? verify can't confront this? His con- he said he wasn't speeding, but you can't confront your accuser. Right. You can't confront the accuser. And even if, you, <laughs> even if it was just a cop, I mean, it's still the system is biased in favor of its police. If it's your, ver- your word versus the police, the True. judge always sides with the cop. So now the judge gets to side with, you know, an automated machine that no one has any way of... Any no way of, of can, even checking up on. Yeah, but you can't my audit point that. is... It was 61. It was just mm-hmm. over the $100 fine mark. Very interesting. Yeah, there and they're both go. the same. Both Stay away from the Third Street Tunnel, people. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Carrie, Could for happen the call. anywhere. Great hearing from Have you, and I thank night. you for it. Yes, 800-259-9231. Let's talk to Alex in Virginia. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Alex. Hey, how's it going? Hey, what's on your mind? Um, I'm also in Virginia, and uh, out here in Virginia Beach, they've got, uh, I guess it was a few months back, they had the the camera lights on some of the main streets here and what happened is uh they ended up doing away with them because uh a lot of the locals actually just started basically uh you know making notes of where where all of them were mm-hmm. 
And uh, what happened is they actually lost revenue. Um, they weren't getting as many people running through them. Um, I'm not sure if it had anything to do with uh, more crashes, but what I was told is that they actually were losing money, so they decided even though it was, it was, it was actually making it safer, but because of the fact that they weren't getting as many people running the lights, yeah. they went ahead and did away with them. And the, the cameras are still there sitting there, but they're not. They're not up and running anymore. Right. It's it, safety isn't the isn't the concern of the uh, nope. bureaucrats. It's, Never was. It's, it's the money. And the fact is, people won't run the uh, the the lights where the cameras are. They'd rather, you know, the, just the, sort of the human nature is they'll lock up the brakes in their car. Um, you know, put the school bus behind them in in jeopardy of everybody dying. Uh, yeah. You know, t- and, instead of getting the ticket, they don't think about it yeah. in, the, in that manner. But. You know, that's what that's not what the lights were for. The lights were for, hey, you know, here's your warning and that kind of thing. But the bureaucrats want their revenue and the revenue does, in fact, go down from them. Yep. Well, that's it, guys. Thanks. Thanks, Alex. Appreciate the call. Here's a quick email uh, update. Actually, just came in during the show tonight from our lady listener, young lady listener who uh, can't be fully identified because of job concerns. But anyway, she had an email. I think we read her email last night about how her boyfriend was arrested whilst driving her car, which her car happened to have some pretty important possessions of hers at the time. So the cops confiscated her laptop and they confiscated her keys. And she needs her laptop because she's in school and they've got reports on there and important data and passwords and stuff like that. And her keys, many of them were only single copy keys. She just doesn't have those keys. So she needs to get her stuff back. And so she's been trying to go through whatever bureaucratic process is necessary in order to get her possessions back. And from what they told her, it's a simple matter. They said all he needs to do is sign a property release form. And you'll get your property back. But they've never given him the property release form in order to sign. So she's been waiting and waiting and waiting. It was so frustrating to her that she actually took the time to write her so-called representative, hoping she could get some answers. Now, this isn't a response from the representative. It's just an update from her on her situation and what she's been doing to try to get her stuff back. So here she, uh, she writes, Today I decided to go to the detention center myself to find out how to get my belongings back from them. I guess she'd only spoken with him on the phone up until this point. She says, I arrived and spoke to a young woman in a booth in the lobby at 2.25 in the afternoon. I informed her that my boyfriend had not yet received the property release form. Her response was that everyone was given a form when they were first brought there. Obviously, this is not true. Otherwise, I'd have my property right now and wouldn't have to go through all this nonsense. She then looked up my boyfriend's information on a computer screen that was hard to see through the glass. I'm five, uh, five foot five and could barely see over the edge of the window. At this time, the young lady called the guard and asked him to give my boyfriend a property release form. After doing so, she informed me that the guard would give him the form during lockdown at 3.15. I thought to myself, all right, at least things seem to be making progress. Still, I decided to wait there until lockdown in order to make sure that the form was delivered to him. Probably a good idea. The lady in the booth kept telling me there was no point in waiting, because even if he got the form, it wouldn't be sent out until later, and nothing else could be done until tomorrow. I smiled nicely at her, a nervous habit of mine, and kept responding to this comment with, I understand, but I just want to make sure he actually gets the form. She seemed to have a difficult time grasping as to why I would want to do this. See, I suffer from a mild form of social anxiety disorder, so just being around people I didn't know was nerve-wracking enough for me. Still, I continued to wait for the lockdown. Finally, 3.15 rolled around, but I gave her until 3.20, just in case my watch was a little fast. 
I approached the window again with a questioning look on my face. The lady immediately responded that she would call someone in eight minutes to make sure they had delivered the form. Tick-tock, tick-tock. There you go. I looked away for a few moments, and suddenly it was 3.30. The lady I had been speaking with was gone. (laughs) I'm not sure if her shift ended or if she was just on a break. In place was a man. Now... I knew I should have questioned him on the situation, but seeing as I hadn't slept in days nor had time to eat, I was too tired to wait any longer. So I hoped for the best and decided to leave. This evening at 7.45, my boyfriend called. I told him what I'd done and told and what was told to me by the bureaucrats. He informed me that they still had not given him a property release form. I'm convinced that monkeys could do the job better. There was something else disturbing that he told me, unrelated to the property release form, and it was that the guards like to tear apart the inmate's cells. There's supposedly no reason for this, as they never do find anything. What I thought was funny, not funny, ah-ha-ha, but funny as in disturbing, was that he said the inmates will have foam cups that they drink water from. Of course, that's not the disturbing part. The crazy thing is, is that the guards supposedly like to take the inmates' cups and poke out holes in the bottom of them. Is this some weird form of torture? Do they plan to slowly dehydrate the inmates to death? Is it some sick game or egotistic and power-hungry display of authority? I Since think it's, it's a sick game. Did they do that in uh, your prison? Stuff yeah, like that? You know, they, they, they bu- games they'd with you. bug with you. Uh, yeah. They bug you when they could. And, you know, not every one of them. Uh, you know, just the sadistic ones. Since when, she asks, did human beings begin to de-evolve in this manner? Well, it's just a matter of not having incentive, really. I mean, they... They don't care what the inmates think of them. Yeah, and they're, they're not devolving. The, the, these are humans. And when you give humans power over other humans, you're going to find you know, that, that they're just treated that way. The Stanford prison experiments showed that you know, that's exactly true. And it, it did it within a matter of hours. And it was with regular people that weren't necessarily sadists. I mean, the Stanford yeah, prison experiments. None of these people were in prison. None of these people were real prison guards. It's just when you gave them the, the sort of the uniform and, and told them to act like it, they did. Yeah, they became prison guards. And and they became sadistic. So while we know that positions of power do attract sadists and sickos and people in search of power over others, we know that's a fact. Th- in fact, maybe time. it's the positions that turn the uh, turn or ad- average people into sickos too. Evidence. That's what the evidence shows. So uh, so there's a poor young lady trying to get her hands on her personal property, and these bureaucrats. Are they playing games or, you know, is her boy... I guess there's a slight chance that her boyfriend's really getting the form and, like, isn't signing it. He's, that's a possibility. Thinks he's going to keep the stuff at the end of it all or Who whatever. Who knows? Maybe but... he doesn't like her anymore. But, I mean, presuming they have a good relationship, the bureaucrats he's are calling. She's her. answering. Yeah. Yeah, the bureaucrats are playing games. And why do they care if she... she they don't have the, the reports to turn in. They don't have the keys that they need. You know, they don't have to... They haven't lost their keys, so it doesn't matter to them what happens with this uh, young lady. Sad situation. More tomorrow night. You can join us online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com.